It's Tuesday night. Welcome to the Roy and Jimmy thing on chaoticradio.com. I am Jimmy Shaw and my co-host tonight, pseudo Roy Brewster in the booth. Say hi, buddy. How you doing, buddy? How are you over there? Good, good. Didn't think you were going to make it today. I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do a show, man. I'm committed. Excellent. A, a company man, a workaholic. Yes. My man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen me on Facebook? Have you seen him on Facebook? Find me on Facebook, Roy Brewster Comedy. Roy Brewster Comedy, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> All the good ones. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, my buddy Roy's running a little behind and stuff. I got my big guy, Blaine, in the, the booth. Everyone's hero around this station, am I right? I don't know what you're talking about. This is Roy in the booth. <laughs> he soaked it in. <laughs> totally encompassing. Yes. Um, so how was your weekend, my friend? Fantastic. Excellent. We uh, I want to thank uh, our guest last week, Rosie Tran. She was uh, gracious, lovely, off, Beautiful awesome. Beautiful girl. Uh, a total blast. I can't thank her enough for coming in and being on the show. Um, we had um, we had a busy weekend. Uh, she's a hugger. She's a hugger, straight out. So this is Blaine, and you didn't even get the your last name out. I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is Roy Brewster. Did, she didn't get the Brewster out. <laughs> I gotta get a picture of this. <laughs> this is awesome. I, Excuse me. What? <laughs> I gotta get. Gotta, Jimmy, how was our how was our show yesterday out in the desert? <laughs> that was awesome. You did so good, buddy. Did I do good? You did, did so I good. Did I kill? You killed them. Oh, it's you awesome. You did your crowd work, and I can't believe you grabbed the microphone and went out in the audience. I I love when somebody else tells me I kill because I'm not I'm not supposed to be the one that says I kill. No, no, that's a, that's a no, no. We don't do that. No. Anyway, any comic who does that is full of shit. Well, you. I don't know if they're full of shit, but they're they're just not being honest with themselves. No, no, totally agree. Yeah. It's like you you don't laugh at your own jokes, right? No. Well, sometimes I, I do kill myself. <laughs> I, do, I do crack myself up. I crack me up a little too. Like, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you look great in there. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to the show tonight. But yeah, we did. Um, as am I. Um, we did. It was fun out there. We went to uh, Desert Hot Springs and we did a benefit out there at the Miracle Springs Resort. For uh, they're doing a natural garden project, uh-huh. and yeah. um, it was beautiful. Yeah, the, the plans are beautiful. Yeah, the gal gave us a call, and it was uh, myself, you, Roy, um, Andrew Yurkish, uh, Jen Murphy, who just killed him, uh, Brian Marnark, and then uh, Jen's awesome. She is. She was great. And I, if, uh, if I was uh, if I was ever diagnosed schizophrenic, I would totally want to date her. And she actually claims she is. Yes. So yeah, that's why I'm saying we would perfect. be a perfect match. <laughs> so and she was yeah. so funny, and then. We had a nice surprise come through. Uh, Jeff Garcia came through. Oh wow! Look at like Inland Empire celebrity. Yeah, he got a, he, he saw what uh, Jen was posting uh, and got in contact with the people, and he said, "You mind if I shoot out?" And he shot all the way out from L.A. And so maybe he's schizophrenic though if he's following Jen. He that, that was a little creepy, right? Mm-hmm. You see, you the, see how or, things go. Or a big fan. Oh, big fan. That's probably a big. We'll fan. go with big fan. I'm gonna but, go with big fan. Uh, I've never seen him perform, so that was uh, that was awesome. He did great crowd work, and uh, so we just had a, a stellar uh, outcome. Mm-hmm. There's about 350 people out there, and it Fantastic. was great. It was great. We had a blast. So so thanks for Rosie coming out, and thanks for Brianna for having us out there. And, and they said they raised about three thousand uh, dollars close to their target. So. Wow. Yeah. So that was it was great to do that. So it's a lot of money. That's what we do though. We're we're comics. We like to be givers if we're not getting paid as long as it's going somewhere. I guess that's uh, yes. our karma. <laughs> I want to give, too. <laughs> With Jen Murphy? Uh, well, I, I don't know that my girlfriend would like that too much. <laughs> oh, that's right, right. Shh. Don't tell her. She's got, not listening. I know. you got. Oh, hopefully she's at band practice with her daughter, so you, you're in the clear. 
You know what band practice is code for, right? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. Upstairs in the private bath. <laughs> well, we have a great show for you tonight and stuff. We're super happy, super honored to have a buddy of mine for a few years here doing stand-up. He's a, he's a comic. He's an author. Uh, radio host. Uh, I want to welcome all the way from beautiful downtown Burbank, Mr. Steve Cooper. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, I it so was, appreciate it. It was a great ride because it, it's a two tenders. You, you hit a little traffic, but like going home will be no traffic. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. so easy. And then you get off. And I always get confused when I get off because like, I saw like 18th Street when I first got off Archibald or whatever it is. Yeah. And then I'm driving and I don't see any other number st- streets. And I'm going, holy crap, I'm, I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> and so finally, I see, I'm about to pull over and I see. Ninth Street. And then I figure. Then I pull in here and I see a massage parlor. And I now go, you're getting south. I go, yep, you're no, I mean, I mean, I'm sitting there going, well, I can get a steam and cream after if I if this show. <laughs> and I, it's just it's weird that there's a massage parlor in this complex. It's just Listen, odd. We we chose this place uh, on complete accident. Just so you know, we have 100 <laughs> accident. We have a uh, office furniture to yes. your left, and we have massage to your right. It's a beautiful studio, though. I, mean, Thank I, you. I was telling you, I mean, I, I've done a, I did a podcast one time. Uh, this guy, he's like, yeah, this dude's podcast in Burbank. Like, all right. And he's like, well, we can meet, we can do it in my car. And I'm like, well, we, <laughs> you can, you can, you know, where am I going to meet you? And he goes, uh, the office depot parking lot. I go, okay. And then he goes, all right, well, we'll, we'll record it near the mall in that parking lot. And it's like 99 degrees out. Oh, Jesus. And it's in his car and he doesn't have air conditioning. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and I'm in this car and he has this little sound thing. And I'm thinking, why didn't you just sit there and, you know, you could have came to my house. I have air conditioning. I would let you, you know, come. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, it's so weird. But so it's actually nice to be in there. This is a really nice studio. So. It is a great setup. We've had people come in and they're, they're surprised that it wasn't someone's kitchen. It's, yeah. And yeah. you have like, is, is that a yarmulke over there? That's it, the that, gold thing? That is. It looks like a yarmulke. I that is. Going, okay. The morning show, they used to have a girl on the show. She was, um, well, she was a little whore. And she would go to a lot of uh, events. And she got invited to a uh, bar mitzvah. And when she she went, she just stormed into the temple, and I'm surprised she didn't burn up when she walks in. I was like, whoa, whoa. And uh, apparently, I didn't know this, but at the front of uh, temples, there's boxes of, of of yarmulkes if you if you need one. I guess if you forget one, I suppose. Right, yeah, because I went to a funeral once. Is and, that true? And, yeah, I went to a Jewish. You're not Jewish, are No, I grew up in a Jewish town, Yeah. and I went to a funeral once, and all of a sudden, like they gave everyone yarmulkes. And me and my buddies are like cracking up at a funeral because we're like, like it just you don't you're not used to wearing them. Yeah. yeah. But they give them out. Well, be, being the sweet little whore that she was, um, she just stole like twelve of them. Yes. Yeah, just picked them up. Yeah, yeah. So that she brought them back, and and so there's 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 lots of them here in the studio. <laughs> I may take one. I may just you know if you need one. Yeah, I, can, I have uh, some. Going we, to going to church on Easter Sunday and just most piss of, them off. We do a little post show uh, find the yamaka game. Well, you know, most of oh that's kind of good for the next chick I bring over here. But not you, honey. I love you, girlfriend. Um, no, I, I um a lot of them are monogrammed like from bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and stuff like that. So they're like leftovers. So like they'll get a monogram for like 10, you know, 10. I'm not sure if that's one of them, but they'll get a monogram for like 10 kids or, or 10, you know, and then there's extras, you know, yeah. like people didn't show up or something like. So oh, here's a, here's you know, a mon- yeah. Maury didn't bring the family and he didn't come. <laughs> so they have extras. And then they just put them in that, that free box. Well, they make, they make actually, um, like yarmulkes with like teen logos on it and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had an idea years ago. I do one with a, a Nike sign, just say "Just Jew It," <laughs> and I would have sold millions. But everyone's like, "It's wrong." But I, I didn't jump on the idea. Now I could have been on Shark Tank. That's Look fantastic. at it now. 
Well, if you got one with the Rams on it or the Lakers, I think just Jewett would do just yeah, fine. exactly. I think uh, you'd get away with that. Get on Teespring tonight <laughs> by about uh, eleven thirty. There'll be a just Jewett shirt on there. I'm gonna send a campaign out. I'm doing it. I, there's probably already <laughs> one. I want if it, I want just part of the proceeds. No problem. Uh, uh, a bucket shirt. Uh, how much you selling them for? I can't tell you that. Okay. Well, you know what? I would say whatever your cost is. I want whatever you whatever you personally make. I think I should get thirty five percent. Done. Just because I'm Done. the mind behind it. Unless it goes huge, and then, you know. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Just 35% just do it. With like a, and like a, an, I don't know. It's like a, maybe like a, a Nike swish, but like, I don't know, with a Jewish star on top of it or something like that. I, I was thinking we'll remake the uh, um, the menorah into a swoosh. Oh, okay. with, that, with the candles all yeah, coming you know, Yeah, you're right. It could be a swoosh yeah, with like nine candles. Adjust, adjust now, the candle I'm, height. That, that idea, I'm, I'm up to, I'm up to 40, 48% now. But the menorah just, was my idea. Can I have 5% back for that? No, okay. Uh, this is I, I, 43, 43 this is percent. I, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. 43. It was 85 percent Jewish. <laughs> it was actually it was 90 percent Jewish, but they bargained with the census. So you so, got the you got the best part of the Jew. Oh yeah, uh, I got it. Jew was great. Out. We dated all Jewish girls. They loved the Christian guys, so it was awesome. <laughs> we were practiced. They weren't going to marry us. They just wanted to have sex with us. They just wanted to piss off their dads. Exactly. They didn't. I, I had one girl. She didn't even tell her parents. Like she swore. She's like, she couldn't tell them. I'm like, I can't go out with you. This is a lie. And but, you know, sex was good. So she's like, we finally told her that. My mom was Jewish, but I didn't celebrate. They asked, uh, offered me, they invited me over for Passover. My mom is Jewish, and she's like, "Well, then shouldn't he be raised Jewish because that's the faith?" And um, she, we had to make some bullshit up. Finally, I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> it so couldn't like, live that way. Her name was Bryna. <laughs> I dated a girl named Bryna. Yes, oh, you did. Jeez, that is a that's a, that's a very Jewish name. Yeah. Well, sweet girl, beautiful girl, and good, awesome, and good sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> very they're very free with them their bodies. <laughs> if you're Christian, yes. <laughs> if you're a Christian. Well, Steve, we go way back. We've uh, we met probably five, six years ago doing stand up. You know, what? I I don't I don't know because I, I I was out of stand up for a long time, and I met you I think at the Ice House. Yeah, it was one of Bobby's shows. Yeah, and it's probably like four, was it five years ago. Maybe? I think maybe four or five. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, it was weird because I I'd done comedy for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, back from eighty eight to ninety five. Now you started in Philly. Philly, yeah. Yeah. But I was on the road. I mean, I was I got to the point where I was headlining C clubs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I was making my living, and I was traveling, and back then you can make your living doing comedy right i mean it just the way it's changes you know an mc back then the, sh- the show would be you know my i was in comedy for a year and a half doing open mics and plugging around and we'd all get jobs at this one comedy club because you would get it's time then you would get you know selected stage time we'd work there on weekends and you kind of like because they do with the doorman over at the comedy store yeah and this was you know and we would get the selected times and open mic and back then there's only 25 acts for the open mic in philadelphia but some of them were great adam mckay the great director wow you know, he was paul Tompkins. you know there's a bunch of us we were all just hanging out and I got lucky that, that this one booker, I, I, one comic like me who's one of the funniest guys, his name is Grover Silcox, legend in Philadelphia, good friends with Harry Anderson, just brilliant. And he recommended me to this guy, and this guy liked me. So I started getting weekend work at some of these clubs, but then this guy had weekend clubs, and he had like seven in the area. He just took my calendar. So in, after a year and a half, I was filled up for 52 weekends. Wow. And the thing is, it was the types where it was three shows, and it wasn't now like – you know, your headliner does 10 minutes. It was here. It was like the MC may would go up and do 15 or 20. Right. Feature would do 30. Headliner would do 45. But the cool thing was you were making between 50 and 75 a show. So it was a great little, you know, you know, we had, I kept a day job, but it was great because you could work every week and work with great acts. And, and that's when I did it. And I just rose up to the ranks. And then for certain reasons, I got out of it. And then I had just gotten back into it. Probably when I met you, I probably had just got back into it for about six months. I, I, I joked around with it in San Diego every once in a while. Yeah. With like Bobby Lee was down there and Gary Owen and Dante. And uh, then I got back in and I met, you know, and I, I was one of those things where 
I had, you know, once people saw my act, they knew I wasn't just starting out. Right. You know, because I'd done it for a long time. Yeah, you're confident. Was, you know what you're doing. Was, yeah. And yeah. so I, it was it was good. I mean, I met you and it was fun because I, I was going to think to myself driving out here that the in, you guys are like the Inland Empire comics. You and Roy, but but you're so much cooler like than some of the L.A. comics, and I think it's like the statement you said in the beginning about killing. Well, you go on the Facebook, and every uh, idiot's going, oh, "I rocked the stage." You were at an open mic with six people. Exactly. It's like you couldn't rock the stage if you brought a boulder up on it. <laughs> and you know, but that's what I noticed. You guys are cool, and you guys have like cool. You like Kavari? I love John Kavari. John's the best. You know, he's a big baseball guy. And if yeah. could be listening to Kavari, call in. And uh, please, and you know, I just you guys have a good. I mean, like anything, there's some pricks, mm-hmm. but you know, but you guys have a good substance, and you guys all work, and you're not always like hashtagging grind, grind, hit the stage, comedy's my life. It's yeah. like, okay, you know what? Shut up. I mean, it, it gets. I mean, it's great that you post what you're doing, and I and that's great, and great you promote shows. You mm-hmm. guys go, and you always thank people, but some people are so full of themselves, and they're shitty acts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, uh, but they're they're crappy <clears throat> acts, and it's just. It's just, I noticed from you guys, you're a lot. You guys are just more we, down to earth. Well, we generally appreciate it. In fact, when we first started, we met up with uh, Kyle Cease, uh, and he used to do comedy all the time stuff. Now he's into motivational speeches and stuff like that. But a great guy, and he had a comedy boot camp over at the John Lovitz Club. And um, one of the things, and all these comics came through to talk to us. So you know, Chris Porter, Eliza, uh, Brett, uh, Ernst, all these, and we're just worshiping these people. We're just starting and. The 90% of the things they told us was be humble, be nice, don't be a dick. It, and that's just, that was just, uh, you're, okay. Well, it's funny you say that because my comedy mentor, my dear friend, his name is Jeff Martyr. If uh-huh. you don't know Jeff Martyr, he did the right side of the brain, left side of the brain for comedy. He got out of business 15 years ago. Before that, he did uh, Carson. Mm-hmm. First time doing Carson, he got Couch. Huge thing. Wow. Did an HBO one night stand, hosted a Playboy Channel show with Ringo, hosted three night show, talk shows, like game shows. And did all the remember the evening at the improv and all yeah. them did about forty of them. Wow. He's finally he got up. He said his son wants to do it, so he wants to get into it. So I take him to this gig called the Capri, which Oscar Bustamante, great guy, and it's this shitty little pizza place. This is like three weeks ago. Then an Eagle Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we go in, and Jeff's like, "Oh God!" And there here's someone who's done it. Uh, I mean, he used to make. He was a headliner. I mean, he would do shows where he would headline. Drew Carey would feature, and Adam Sandler would MC. Wow. And he was big. I mean, he was top of his game. If you ask any older comic, they'll go, oh, my God, Jeff Martyr. And I was lucky to meet him, and he became very good friends. He's my he's my comedy mentor. But we did the show, and there was one girl I'm not going to name, and she's not funny. And she came in late to the show, and then she's talking to her friends during the other acts, just being an idiot. Rude, yeah. And after Jeff comes up, and he goes, hey, you know, he goes, it'd be great if uh, I'd like to see your act, you know, when you're working. And she's starting to give him, like, advice. And he told me, he goes, it took everything from <laughs> – not to say go fuck yourself because it's like she didn't know who he was, but it's like he's done so much. It's like he has people on his speed dial, you know, that you, you can only he dream. hangs out with Overton and you know, everyone knows. I mean, we went to the uh, the Robin Williams uh, benefit at the comedy store with yeah. the, the thing. And I mean, everyone knows. We sat with Mark Brazil, who created that 70s show. Right. Yakov, that's one of the, that's how I sort of met Yakov. Yeah, Louis was there. and Yeah, everyone yeah. was there. And Norm McDonald went up and then he's talking. Jeff's talking to Saget, and it's just funny that like some of these comics, she's sitting there going to give him advice, and he's like, "You got to be joking me!" Yeah, you know what the hell? Yeah, and you totally just uh, you won't do it, but you so just want to say, you know, do you know who you're messing with? Do you know who you're and messing you know, with? Yeah, and that's what that's why you, I, all you guys have been very good. I mean, you're, all, you've always been nice, you know, and that's the thing. Well, yeah, we're born that way. That's how we we're raised. But also, that was the key. They said, just you know, no matter what happens, just be nice, be gracious. 
you got stage time. Right. And no matter who that person was, you got your time you needed. Well, that's good. And, uh, you know, we always run across a prick or a dumbass, but you don't you don't dwell on it. Well, it just seems like everyone here is a lot of these people just they're entitled. They feel entitled. You know, and, and I don't, I'm not used to the bringer mentality. I've never done a bringer. I will never do a bringer. I'd rather not perform than do a bringer. So right. asked me to help do a bringer, I'll tell them to fuck themselves, all right? Just because I, I don't And we I did that. You know, we did that. You had to, know because yeah. you were new. And right. I understand that. But everyone, a lot of these kids, they, just, they, they feel like they're entitled. Like, you guys, you you enjoy the stage time, and, and you don't, like – you don't brag about crap gigs. That's a lot of these guys brag like, oh, I, I'm doing big fish. So we're a show. <laughs> yeah, and someone wrote, you're not a comic in L.A. If you, I'm doing, I sound like Rich Schneider. <laughs> yeah, you're not a comic in L.A. If you're not doing the big fish. I'm not doing the fucking big fish. But no, that's what they say. And it's like, why, why would you want to go? That's not a bragging right, you right. Know, to do crappy gigs. Like, oh, I did four nights. I did four shows tonight. But we're, we're how, you performed in front of 20 people. You know, it's like yeah. at least you guys out here, you guys seem to get a good, you're supportive and you have a good group of guys and people turn out like, you know, I know Lainey Dominguez, is that her last name? Linnea. Yeah. Linnea. Yeah. She puts those great shows on, you know, and she puts on those benefits and it's comedy for causes and people come out. And yeah. so, and, and, and that's, that's the thing you guys, you don't brag like, Oh, I crushed it. You know, you sit there and you have a good set and you thank the person. And that's just the way it always, to me has always been. Yeah, and I'll have someone else tell me how I did or, you know, if they enjoyed me. The people after the show, if they said they had a great time and glad they came out, perfect. Then I think that's me killing. I won't. I won't just sit up there. I destroyed that room. I knocked it out. Home run. It over the fence. Yeah, I mean it's just the way. I mean it's the way it is. When you finish, you know if you if you if you knocked it out. You know if you killed. Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Well, you know, I'll be honest. When I was in, you know, I mean, the biggest I crowd I performed was uh, was fourth and B in San Diego. It was like twenty five hundred people. And you had a great set. You have a good set. You know, when I would headline, you'd have great sets. But when you walk off the when you walk off, you would always think, okay. I had him for 96%. What did I do wrong on the 4%? Or some be all great said, yeah, but you know, I, I screwed up that word and that joke. Yeah, exactly. And that's the difference. And you know, I mean, it's called stage years. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a lot of people don't have stage years. You'd work with acts who go, well, no one talked. Well, they're not supposed to talk. They're supposed to laugh. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the comedy is just, it's just so different. I mean, it's just like anything here, but there's so many comics now. I mean, when so I many. started out, there was 25. I mean, if you think, when I started out the open mic, there was 25. And then the acts that would stop it and do sets from their town were Keith Robinson, Todd Glass. Um, oh, Todd's but, great. Yeah, Todd was a Philly guy. And then there was, as I said, me, Adam McKay used to do gigs all the time. Uh, Paul Tompkins, a guy named John Matter, who's a very good writer. A kid named Chris Mancini, who still performs, does uh, the Comedy Nerds podcast with Graham Elwood. We, oh, had a, nice. we had a bunch of guys, but we just – we went there to do comedy. And it was the thing is you go and you do comedy – and you hang out, and after you go to Nick's Roast Beef, and you drink some beers, and you just talk comedy. You know, we had the Wednesdays at the Comedy Works, the Thursdays at the Comedy Factory Outlet. When you started getting weekend work, it was great. Yeah. But that's what we did. We lived stand-up comedy, and we it wasn't – we didn't – there was no internet, so we couldn't brag how we did. Right. You, you just know? had your buddies and yeah. how you felt. And everyone says, there's a, I'm a con. Everyone's a comedian. And we know – it's like when I remember I gave a girl a card at a bar once when I started doing comedy. Yeah. I had this shitty little card, Steve Cooper. It Comic. Ha- it happens. Stand-up comic. <laughs> and I remember this girl said to me, she was, well, if you're a comic, why are you at this bar not performing at a club? And she was right. So I, until I started working at clubs. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I was like shot down. But it's still, uh, I, until I started working at clubs, then I could say, okay, I am a comedian. And and that's just that's different now because it's out here. It's a, it's just a different scene. Right. But everyone here is just – everyone's a comedian. And it's like and, – and, and there's so many bad comedians. And that's the problem. It's it, It's – you know, you can't invite people to a show sometimes because if you look at the names and you don't recognize 
seven of them. You're not going to sit there, you know. And, and it's a, if it's somebody that you've already seen that you did not enjoy, right. you're like, I, I, you know, I love you, but I, I just cannot stand to watch that again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't even. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a jerk because I don't sit in a room and watch it, but I don't want to watch comedy. You know, I, just, I do comedy. I want to support, you know, but I don't want to sit there like in a flappers and go into the, the room and sit in the dark. I want to concentrate on my act. Yeah. And I'll be honest, maybe I'm, I'm a dick, but when I get done. You know, and I don't perform that much anymore. So, so I hang out. But when I was performing more, when I get done, I want to go find another mic, or I wanted to just go home. You yeah. know, and that's the thing. It's like now it's one of the reasons why I don't perform. Is isn't there like a little bit of uh? Did I scare? Did I scare you, Jimmy? No, no, you, no. You, I, the I, twice I've done that, and you jumped. I'm no, sorry. No, did you I, flinch? Okay. I, I, but now I, your mask, I, your mask I, I actually, is off. I know. I actually hit my glasses Ro- on the thing. Ro- I I was I was suffocating in there trying to be Roy in the mask. <laughs> I thought you were Jim up. Gaffigan. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought it was Gaffigan. <laughs> See, it's not easy being Roy Bruce. It's not easy being Roy. No, Steve. A question I wanted to ask you about being about comedians, though. Um, isn't there like a, a degree of, of of social misfit that comes along with being a comedian, like to have this the kind of sense of humor and the dementedness, and to be able to come up with stuff? And that's why maybe you know hanging out isn't the best thing for a comedian. Well, you know that's such. It's funny you ask that because it's one of those things that I'm tired. Like I know when Robin killed himself, and there's been other comics who've killed themselves, and you know, and we deal with suicide, and, and that but that's an all walk of lives. So when Robin, it was awful because he was such an amazing influence and such a giving person. But all these comics are posting, you know, hug a comic today. You know, the thing is, yeah, we, there, we are misfits, but, you know, talk to lawyers. Most lawyers are misfits. Every comic's not a fuck up. And yeah. me, honestly, when I was younger, I had two kids pick on me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I remember years later, the guy came to one of my shows and I embarrassed him. But in high school, I was popular. College, I was popular. You know, I've dated good looking girls. I haven't been a loser. I've had good jobs. And that's the thing. Everyone thinks, a lot of times people think comics are supposed to be these misfits. No, our just minds are different. You know, we have the creative mind, and we and we, it doesn't shut down, and that's where I think depression comes when you get off stage. But it's just I think sometimes there's a misconception that these comic comics are just total like screw ups. I yeah. know some of the most intelligent people who are comics. I know a lot of comics, people like you know uh, Wayne Cotter, uh, Paul Provenza, yeah. all these guys. Oh, Paul's great. They yeah. were like they all went to University of Pennsylvania. A lot of them were a lot of Dan, Don McMillan. They're all engineers, and they got into comedy. So they were all focused people you know right. a lot of them are, are and that's the thing a lot of them did bobby collins was a salesman oh, marketing bobby, collins. bobby collins is amazing yeah so that's the thing i think now it's just changed it all of a sudden people are supposed to sit there and be you know they think everyone's a misfit i mean well you know my um uh, i started comedy i was like uh my 40s when i said okay i'm gonna do this but my parents have always been supportive of all we've done our kids her kids and so i did a it was a show at a korean barbecue place in fontana roy set it up and a bunch of comics on there could vary, you know, Big Earn, Carlos, all these people I knew. And we already figured it's already going to be a great time with these guys. And my mom and dad came out because it was near their place. And I felt kind of proud going, see, I'm not hanging out with a bunch of douchebags. I'm not drinking all night. No one's a drug addict here. We're all, and there was an adult lineup of comics, you know, and the crowd was thin, but we had a great time. And I was just kind of beaming going, okay, mom and dad, I just, if you were thinking, yeah, because some people that I'm up till one in the morning. Well, I'm not up in the one in the morning. You know, my ex-wife used to think I was carousing. So no, it just happens to be a, a late show, and I'm coming home after that. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean we would hang out, but that's also when we were younger, you know. But once you once you started going on the road, a lot of times you'd hang out on the road because it's just boring. I mean, because yeah. when you when back then when you're in comedy condos, you know, you're sitting there, and I mean, what are you going to do? You get back from the show, you hang out. It's like you're in Newport News, Virginia. You're in this. What, what do you? You know, you're going to hang out, and you know. And the worst is if you if you're in town and there was 
a comic who let's say was married, so he couldn't ha- he didn't hang out, or a local guy. Right. So you'd, you'd be bored, and so you would go out. That's when you would sit there and hang out. And you'd, did just, you did you enjoy the road a lot when you first started? Were you like super excited? Oh and, yeah, but yeah. I was also I was twenty three or twenty four. Right. It was great. I remember going to Fort Lauderdale for two weeks. Man, I'll tell you, getting paid eight hundred bucks a week to feature uh, with free booze and food every night and a nice. two week gig and uh, one show a night, two and, on Saturday. And that, that was great money back then too. Yeah, You're doing was, great. And you would do that. And you know, and you were like rock stars, man. I was like, you know, I remember I worked with Mitchell Walters, who was one of Kinison's outlaws and you do a 20, to be you know, MC two features and you're like this is great packed every night and yeah. it was great but then you sit there and, and after a while when you do the road for a lot I mean I didn't I didn't have a weekend off for like five years mm-hmm. and when you do when you did the road a lot and I wasn't a con- crazy road dog the most I would go out was like twelve nights straight on the road and right. different one nighters but you know you start sitting there and you go from hotel to hotel I mean I, I remember playing a week at the comedy club in Trump's Castle in Atlantic City. And that's now I grew up. My college was ten minutes from there where I graduated college, and it was great because you're you're up at Trump's castle, and they put you up in a hotel, and you you get to go, and you know way way nicer than the comedy condo. Yeah, Yeah. and then and then next week I'm I'm doing this ten day run, and I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania, sleeping in a converted trailer. (laughs) That was their hotel. So that was the the road was. I mean, it's it would knock you out. But back then, the good thing about the road was you could make money. Right. But now, I mean, but now there's also merch. There wasn't merch back then, but. no one sold merchandise, but now it's like you know you, you, you really can't live being a feature. I mean, back then there's a lot of guys you know like would go out as an MC, you know, and they would you could make you could if you didn't have a lot of money if you lived with your parents you could do that. You know, all you needed yeah. was a car, and you, I mean I didn't do I, I worked locally as an MC, but it, there was work. But and I'm sure it's like that now, but it, it's dried up a lot. There's not the week long comedy clubs. There's not this, no. and there's so many comics now and. Yeah, so it's you know. It's well, I always like the the stories where you have um like you said you had what 25 people. You know, that were always like you're doing your time hanging out with and stuff. And uh, in the IE here, and especially everywhere with so many comics, you know, you just kind of pick your 20 people or your five people that you always can count on. You know, the OK, you're here. Great. Right. I'll go with you. You know, um, I used to always feel bad by not watching the entire show I was on going, OK, I need to support and all that. But then well, if, they're, I, if they're friends, I then yeah. you, then of course you want to support because they're friends. But I'm like you, though, I, I want to be by myself before the about five minutes before I go on. I'm, I'm out. Don't talk to me. I got this. And then afterwards, I would totally leave the, the stage and be gone for about 10 minutes just to soak it in and get it out of the way. But uh, I, I love the stories of the uh, uh, that time you coming up, you know, late 80s, early 90s. It was just it was it was a different time. I mean, it's so funny. I mean, like with my radio show, I uh, was going to have McKay on at one time. Adam McKay got back to me on Facebook yeah. and said, set up with my assistant. Of course, it didn't work out because he's Adam McKay and he works yeah. everything. But he sent me a message. He goes, the only reason he was the only reason I would do your show. And he was because I'm so busy is because you were always cool. And I remember my, he, and my buddy worked on a movie with Adam and he's a, my buddy's a DVR guy or whatever DVs video assist. I don't know what it is, but I said, McKay was producing it. He goes, sent, he texted me. He goes, McKay's on set. I go, tell him I said, hi. And it's like anything. People in Hollywood say they know people. And then if you go, sure. Hey, such and such is hi. They go, who, who the hell yeah. is that? So he goes, we remember you. I said, believe me. So he went up and he goes, yeah, uh, my friend, uh, <laughs> Steve Cooper wanted me to tell you how he goes, holy crap. Coop. He goes, I remember driving to gigs and he had that little Fiero <laughs> and he goes, and he would take me to open. And, uh, and that was a thing, you know, and, and we just, cause we had a camaraderie, you know, and, and yeah. everyone looked after him. I mean, I talked to, you know, you talk to the guys, the, you know, the few classes before me and you see what they post on Facebook and I've gotten lucky enough to know a lot of them through my show. They just, they had, you know, this camaraderie, man, you know, cause mm-hmm. they, they were there when it was like, they were rock stars. I mean, you know, I, I did a, I did a, 
show called Splitsville two, uh, a week ago, two weeks ago. It was a radio show. Yeah. Gabe Abelson. You know Gabe? I think so, yeah. Well, he was away. I've heard of the show for sure, yeah. He was a, and Jeff Martyr hosted it, and it was about divorce. And it was cool because we were like, and he was with a guy named, uh, the other comic was uh, Jimmy Tessel. I think it was like that. I don't know. But it was me, and, and we were in there. And so I texted uh, Steve McGrew, who's an amazing comic, and Rich Scheidner, who's an amazing comic. And of they course. just call in, and you just sit there, and they listen, and they tell stories. And they were around, like, McGrew's 60, and Rich is 60, and Jeff's 55. These guys were around when the comedy was just like, they were rock stars. Isn't McGrew at the Ice House a lot? Yeah. That's a, he's, okay. he's the, yeah, he's, he's, and he's great. And uh, it just, it's so funny because then I said, you hear these stories and you just crack up, you know, and, and they just talk about it. it was so different. I mean, so that's just, it's just different. The comedy's different now, but it, you know, if people, you know, they hit the grind, you guys aren't doing it and that, that's good though. You know, it's, if you, if you're having fun, yeah. it's good, you know, and, and it's good that you have the friends. I mean, I don't really have friends in the comedy world. I mean, my friends are you know, as they call them civilians, you know, yeah. people not into business, but it's good, you know, and that's, and you guys have, a, and you started together and you're new, you know, you're, you haven't been in it that long where, you know, you don't, you're not being dicks and you don't feel privileged and it's good because you, you guys have a certain, uh, camaraderie. Yeah. And, you know, and, and when, uh, either one of us uh, in our little group will get that way, you can count on the other one to kind of take you down going, just take it easy. And that's and, good. And you're like, okay, you're right. You know, yeah. Take it easy, Jim. It's no big deal. Except that Kavari guy. Yeah, Kavari guy. I don't guy. trust that guy. No. I'm, why isn't Kavari listening? Does he listen? He does listen. I think he's at work tonight, uh, but he, he'll be in next Tuesday. Ah, uh, but man, I want him to call in. We'll definitely put a shout out to John because he definitely has to call in. He's one of our faves. I love John. Yeah, Kavari's great. <laughs> I love John. He's the best. Blaine loves John. We all love him. Yeah, of course. He's such a baseball fanatic. That's the thing. I like oh, yeah. Old school, I, I, I love the old school baseball. And I'll put references up, and he gets, and he'll come back, and he does all the old Philadelphia Phillies yep. references. Yeah, there will be a, uh, a an odd buzzing fan noise next week when Cavari uh, is on. I'm going to pipe in a special uh, air conditioning air unit right on him. Yeah. Does, he, does <laughs> poor, he sweat? Poor guy was warm. We couldn't get a good cool down enough for See, him. This is great because most studios are freezing. Most of you yeah. going in like by the time like your feet are numb and your hands <laughs> are numb, and you're like, and you always ask the person, you know, can you can you fix the air and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Air and they done. leave and they never do. <laughs> and it's, and then you freeze your ass up. This is nice. This is nice in bed. We do our best, man. We try. No, it's, it's, it's super nice. Like I said, everyone who comes in is just like, this is nice. It's not your kitchen. I'll come in anytime. And you had Rosie on last week. And, yeah, and Rosie, Rosie has a great podcast. Rosie. Yes. Her, I've been on Rosie's podcast and she put my girlfriend on her podcast. Oh, did you put her up? And, Joanne, uh, right? Yeah. Joanne. Yeah. And cause Joanne, you know, it's Joanne speaks out is her website. Joanne speaks out.com. Cause she's talks on sexual assault, but Rosie's great. And I saw she was on. So I yeah, I hit her up. Uh, I hit her up after one show. She commented and I said, we'd love to have you in there. And she goes, I'll be sweet, in next Tuesday. Sweet, sweet and person. she drove all the way out and she's just, uh, I've known her for years. She's just awesome. She's great. She was yeah. on my, you, she, she was like one of my first guests ever. I wanted to ask a question because uh, you're doing the podcasting shows and, uh, you know, Roy and Jimmy, they do their show live, but then they, you know, you can get it via podcast later. And, uh, you know, part of our function here at chaotic radio is we want to keep doing things live and kind of harken back to that day of live interactive radio. Um, that's, you know, our, our style. Um, what is the function of podcasts going forth, like in your opinion? Because it, it seems like everybody has a podcast. Like you're talking about the guy, like, hey, you want to do my podcast? We'll do it in my car in, in a parking, parking lot. lot. I would never even think that because I'm a, I'm a quality person. I want it to be the best possible thing it can. Uh, you know, and plus, you know, we spend a lot of money on this studio, so we may as well use it. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I see this. There's just so many podcasts now, and I'm wondering – like what's the what's the function? What's the purpose? And what's the what's the end game? Like what's going to happen to the podcast world? You know, here's my feeling. It's sort of like comedy, and I'll be honest. There's a lot of people who should not be doing podcasts. Like a lot of people should not be doing comedy. And there's nothing against me when I do it. Okay, for me, I take my show very seriously. 
you know, I, I said there in my show is internet radio. Then it goes to my podcast and I don't have some, I don't have a lot of my earlier episodes on, but I have over almost 360 episodes posted on my website. Mm-hmm. And I do always say though, foremost and upfront, I'm an internet radio show. Cause if you sit there and if you go to Indy 100, you can hear me or this station at a different right. time right. and you can go to tune in. But if you miss them, you can go, I also have an app. You can go do that just for Android. But I think the podcast, what happens is it's like anything. Everyone says, Oh yeah, we can do it. You know? And it's like, well, if you're funny, if you're a comic, that, that, that's not gonna make your podcast funny. You know, if you bring in guests that have nothing to talk about, like, hey, yeah, last night we're out drinking, doing this, doing that. Just no fine. one's gonna listen. And that's sure. the thing. I've, I, I know I'm not gonna mention names, but I have people who sit there and it. I would never think they'd have a podcast. I would never be interested in doing it. I mean, the podcast for me is, is you know, podcast for me is if people miss my show, they can hear it. But I mean, I mean, I. Don't know. I mean, I don't know who listens to my show on the internet radio. I know I just got my numbers back. I get, I average fifty three thousand listeners an hour, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for the internet. Absolutely. And then I also have, I'm also played on different things. And for my, and for my website, I'll be honest. When I track my numbers and it's from iTunes and stuff like that, from my actual website, I probably average. I mean, and it's not a lot. I mean, I average between five hundred and a thousand a day. But that's still a lot. That listen, and you don't know if yeah. they're listening the whole time. But I've also worked at it. I think the podcast, what's going to happen is, is people just aren't going to listen to them. I mean, it's like anything. You know, the difference is if you go to a live show, you paid your money, you have to stay. If you put a podcast on after six minutes, it sucks. You're not going to listen. You better, you, you got to hook them in and hold yeah. them. And right. that's the thing. A lot of these people can't do that. They think it's easy. I mean, when I first, the first show I did, I was, you know, I mean, I've only been doing this for four years. I had never been on radio in my life. And I just sat there and people said, you'd be good at it. And I met some guy when I was in a business world. and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, interviewing. I had to play half music. But then I started getting the groove. And then, you know, I sat there and I said, you know what? I'm good at this. And But the thing is, I would do my research. You know, every guest I come in, I read up on them. I don't write any questions out. I mean, you've listened to my show. That's yeah. all That's all spontaneous. Right. But because I know, but I have in front of me when I'm performing, I have their IMDB page. And I have on my laptop, I well, have their notes, Wikipedia. Little, yeah. And so I check them back and forth. And and also, my show is not about me. A lot of these people do – they do it because it's their call. I want to be popular. You know, I can be funny. My show is not about me. I mean I, I, I interject and I make my spin to it. I, I think you spend maybe a minute at the beginning and yeah. then you just get right into it. Yeah, because that's my guess. That's what I – because they fascinate me. I mean I get guests that fascinate me. I mean I watch TV. I mean honestly, me and my girlfriend will watch TV and if there's an actor that looks familiar, I'll say push the info to see what this guy – let's say it's Criminal Minds and it's called – Boot Hill or something like that. Right. So I'll go on the computer, Criminal Minds, Boot Hill, IMDb it. I find who that actor is, write the name down. I go, I wonder if they're on Twitter or if they're on Facebook. Send it off. And I send them a message. And honestly, I get lucky. I, I mean, I mean, I've gotten, you know, well, Nia Vardalos I got because someone knew her, but I mean, I've gotten, you know, good guests. I mean, it's like Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses because my friend plays drums for him. Right. Um, I like Guns N' Roses, but my friends are like, oh my God, you're Gilby Clark. <laughs> Alan, Alan Ruck from Ferris Bueller's That Tale. was a great one, yes. He... I just sent him a message. I didn't think it was him. I saw, there was no picture. <laughs> yeah. And then I looked and I saw our mutual friends. And it was some guys who've been on my show. So I sent him a query letter and I say, who's been on my show? And there's a lot of actors. And I always look who their mutual friends are. I put right. them in the query. And he goes, I love to. And he's, his wife is the woman who's on The Killing, who was also on World War Z, married to Brad Pitt. That's right. Yeah. And at the time, they were in New York doing something. And he goes, when I get back. And he's like, okay. And then you sit there and you, you 
you, you, you get away from the computer and you go, holy crap, Alan Ruck, <laughs> who I remember here. watching, is going to be, you know, it's like Edie McClurg called me the other day because she had to cancel. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I leave a message. I'm like, Edie McClurg's calling me. I mean, you know, what's that about? <laughs> and everyone our age already knows no. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Principal I mean, Rooney's assistant. Yeah. And yeah. she's been in so much stuff. And that's, that's what the thing is. I mean, if you're, if you're putting something with you and your friends just talking about getting drunk, no one's going to listen. But that's the thing is you also see all these podcasts only last a few episodes. Well, they the podcasts, they, they do it. It sounded like we were just talking about there's so many comics or there's so many podcasts. You know, do you weed? How do you weed through them down and get the right ones? And you just have to, like I said, the first few minutes, you'll know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, and you know, I mean, and the thing is, I'm not going to do a full comedy thing because that's not my gig. I mean, mm-hmm. if you wanted to hear comedy, you know, listen to Jay Moore's podcast. You're not going to get better than him. You know, you're not going right. to get better than uh, Jimmy Pardo. You know, I mean, Marin, you know, I mean, I don't listen to Marin much. Marin was actually on my show, like the first, one of my first 15 episodes. And I, I, he just knew because we had mutual friends. But he's the the guy who's like has the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he interviews people, but he also has a name. No one's going to listen to some guy who's done open mic talking to some other guy about drinking beers at the titty club. Exactly. Because, I mean, unless it's like, you know, like a Jimmy Schubert talking about. Sure. Going to the yeah, titty club, you a, then a you're going to laugh. Yeah. How 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 does a name relax, and exactly. then you can go to that story. Sure, absolutely. You know, and then uh, I, I do listen to like Bill Burr's podcast. Yeah, and he it's, just runs solo. It's just him. You know, and uh, so yeah, you know that's a good one. But like I said, there's so many you've tried out there, and you're just like, where's the point? What are you doing? Yeah, I don't even. I mean, I, I don't even. I listen to Steve McGrew's Remasculate, which is funny. Um, is that Kavari? Oh, <laughs> I thought he was doing something over there. No, you could hear. You, I'm sorry, you could hear that. It was. Is that is that, is that Kavari? It, it is. Uh, it is John Kavari. I can hear him. I can hear him. Bit. He's so freaking loud. <laughs> and you know, I, I've done. I did a storytelling show at iOS, and I was practicing that. And I have. I like to talk to the lady. Yeah, you know what? The lady is here. I, I. I don't do it anymore. I retired the, a bit. The lady, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. I don't yell, I, John. I only go, Foxy, lady. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do it. I don't do it like lady. I'm, but have you seen? Lady, that's how you do. Lady. Have you seen the goat on YouTube? The Jerry Lewis goat. Have you seen that? No, I have you, not. Google, go to YouTube, and there's this goat, and it's sitting there, and it's chewing, and he's going, he's, and it's, he's like. He sounds just like Jerry Lewis, and it's hysterical. And the ghost is sitting oh. there, and the girls, and the girls laughing. It's like, <laughs> and I think that ghost's trying to steal my freaking hat. The last time I, I did a show, how are you guys doing? We're good, John. What are you up to, buddy? I'm at home. Oh, a night off. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you ready to you ready to be in here next Tuesday, buddy? Yes, I am. Are there going to be raining there? <laughs> Jeez, man, you scare me. God, you're screaming, you're yelling. It's oh, it's classic, John. I love it. In fact, I went to an open mic uh, last Friday night, and I hadn't been in an open mic in so long, and John was there, so I was going to be there. So for sure I'll be there. And I'll tell you, it was just an open mic. He's trying new stuff, but I, I think I laughed the hardest in that room. He just makes me laugh every time. Every time. John, did you hear that? Yes, I do. I do. I do. Is Steve Cooper there? Yeah, I'm right here, man. That was just me. Uh, that was me talking. Oh, about okay. the goat. I was talking about the goat. Oh, <laughs> all right, how are you, Steve? I'm uh, doing quite well. All right, how are your Phillies going to do this year? The Phillies are going to suck. I, I know <laughs> yeah. that. I know that already. It's one of those things. It's so bad. This is how bad. They, this actually, this this is how bad. You know, the Phillies are going to suck. 
Philadelphia fans are some of the worst fans. They just decided today that they're going to sell hard liquor at the stadium because they know the Phillies are going to suck it. so bad that people are just going to get hammered. And, and it's, and, but the thing is, in all Philadelphia sports events, they only stopped at football. They stopped selling beer at halftime or after the third quarter. Sure. They used to. And it's just, no. So they're serving hard liquor now. So it's, uh, the Phillies are going to stink, but that's okay. It's, it's well, Steve, I got to ask you, when you how, when did you move out here? I've been on the West Coast. For 20 years, I was in San Diego. For, I was in Vegas for a year, San Diego for six, and then out here. I was, I was yeah. from one to 30. I was in, uh, well, for my whole life, I lived in the uh, Philadelphia area. Oh, okay, all right, all right. So you remember the Phillies of the 70s, late 70s? I remember them all. I remember I went to a baseball game. My mom and dad bought me like this base, this Phillies outfit, and and oh. it was, and but it wasn't like. It was like the year when it was like, I think uh, Don Monty was playing third. I forget who was playing third, but they had like the cool white outfits and blue outfits. But I don't yeah. know. My mom was like a shopper. So she went to like like the, the <laughs> farmer's market or the flea market or a swap meet or whatever. And she brought me this and it looked like fucking Grover Cleveland Alexander. Like it was like this, <laughs> it was like this old, ugly outfit and I was wearing it. And I remember I would take the glove. Even though we sit in like these crappy seats, and the uh, but the the spectrum, and you, I'm going to tell this story for John just because he'll appreciate this. Yeah. Um, my mom and dad would take me out. It was called the tunnel, and it's where the buses for the players with the buses run. You would get autographs. So the, mm. there are plenty of Houston Astros, and Caesar Sedania runs away from all of us. He takes off, so we can't oh, get okay. autographs. Everyone's ignoring us. My mom tells to talks to this older African American lady. She goes, you know, and my mom's the nicest woman in the world. And she's like, I'm tired of this crap. She goes, these players and their attitudes. Turns out it was a guy named Larry Milborn's grandmother or mother. It was his mother. And she goes, Larry, Larry, you get over here and give the son an autograph. And so, yeah. So that was. Uh, oh, that's classic. Cool. Yeah, my, my love of baseball. Yeah. Now, who were your favorite players growing up on the Phillies? Um, well, you know, everyone likes Mike, you love Mike Schmidt. You love Steve Carlton. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, you know, Willie Montanez was the showboat. I mean, there was the bull, Greg Luzinski. Oh uh, yeah. There was tons of them. I mean, you know, it was, it was just a different time. You know, you, you liked the whole team, you know, you, and you went, I remember going to yeah. the stadium when they, I mean, the, the, the parade when they first won and it was just cool. You know, it was a different time and Philadelphia really embraced it because Philadelphia never wins anything. Yeah. So, now, now, talk, now, did you grow up watching the Mike Douglas show like I did? I remember the Mike Douglas show. I, I remember the Mike Douglas show. Okay, I remember this, and if you watch, you'll remember this. I remember Harry Chapin played Cats in the Cradle. Oh, yeah. And when yeah. they cut back, it was Mason Reese. Now, I don't know if you know who Mason Reese is. <laughs> oh, yeah. A oh, smorgas, yeah. A smorgasbord <laughs> oh, in a can. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. They cut back, and Mason Reese is crying. Because it reminded him of his father. Now, flash forward about two months ago, my friend takes me to something called the Hollywood Show, and it was a uh, it was an autograph show, and he's friends with the guy who ran it. And actually, I, I got in touch with Eric Roberts, and he's going to be on my show after schedule. Nice. But I'm looking around. Really? Wow. But, but a lot of these people are hanging out. Like there's a Good Times booth, which Good Times. It's funny because John Amos is there, and John Amos is like 75 now. Jimmy Walker's there. He's 67. That means John Amos had Jimmy Walker when he was eight. But the worst thing is, if Esther Roll was alive today, she'd be 92. So that means oh. John 
John Amos is eight years old, sleeping like a 32-year-old. And, and it just doesn't happen in, in, in the project in Chicago. But then I, I see Mason Reese. He's not like signing autographs. He's just walking around. I guess if Checking people recognize him. And I was going to try to get a picture with him. But then I'm like, he just he looks exactly like he did he then. He still has that Ben Franklin hair. Yeah, exact yeah. same thing. <laughs> and I was gonna, I wanted to go to him. It's your Borgia Schmorg in a can. <laughs> but I figured he wouldn't. Now, the young people have no idea what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's just Mason yeah. Reese. And I, I was looking for Rodney Allen Rippey. Yeah, it, uh, he had to be there for that. Well, Mike Douglas, we watched because Mike Douglas taped in Philadelphia, and Mike Douglas was a yeah. funny guy. And uh, Brenner used to be on, and yeah, I mean, it's just it was there was Mike Douglas and there was Merv Griffin. There was all those shows. I remember yeah. them. I watched them as a kid. I remember the week on Mike Douglas that Mike Schmidt was the get was the guest host. Remember that. No, I was smoking crack. I was five. Yeah, I, 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 I don't remember he, that. He, it was uh, one show. He, him, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Cash, and probably Larry, Larry, Bowler, Larry Bowler, Okay, yeah. And Greg Lusinski were on. Was Bob Boone? Was Bob Boone there? No, no, they were singing a song. Okay, oh, that's all I remember. That's, that's all I remember. And that's the yeah. scary thought. Well, Schmidt was uh, third base, yes? Yes. He made the yeah. uh, all-70s team on MLB. Best third, best third baseman ever. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm, taking he, over, I'm taking him over. I'm taking him over. I'm taking him over Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson. Hey, where's Roy? He's not here. Roy doesn't like me. Last time I called him to our show, Roy had <laughs> phone problems. Oh, okay. Right. I don't think Roy likes me. I don't know why. He, right. he's, he's balding with glasses like me. We're supposed to be in the same corner. Yeah. Hey, Roy's here. He's in the booth right there. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, I gotta go now. Good talking to you, Steve. Have a good one, brother. Thanks for calling All in, right. John. We'll see you next week, buddy. Alright. <laughs> That's it. Done. Kavari Kavari called. That's great. It's perfect. I love John. I'm known for the hook. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, done. I don't like I, I want to get the last word. So <laughs> I we get it and then boom, that's it. Hit the hook. Is that what happened? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I throw him out. I hook okay. I, I give him the hook. As soon as he petered down off the conversation. Yeah. Okay, guys, done. Out. Well, that's good. That's what a producer's supposed to do. That's what a good producer does. That's right. You know? I don't mess around. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's great he called in and stuff. But yeah, he's talking about the Mike Douglas show. It's like three thirty in the afternoon, wasn't that one coming in? Yeah, I yeah. think it was, yeah. And it was it, it was Dinosaur about that time there and stuff All like that. All those shows, you know, and it was like yeah, it was just a different era. It was funny. That's it. Was, it. All right, well, we're going to take a break now. Um, we're going to come back with Steve Cooper, my buddy Blaine, me, Jimmy. Take a break, walk around, get some air, reset the clocks, as they say. We'll be Who right says? back. My buddy, my mentor. <laughs> And we're back. Welcome back to the Roy and Jimmy thing here on chaoticradio.com. You can listen to us live. We're at chaoticradio.com or use the TuneIn app on your smart device, iPhone, Android, iPad, whatever you got, your tablets, very portable, or even some new car stereo. Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV. Apple TV. Tune us in anywhere. We go live. Uh, check our schedule. And we also have a podcast of all the shows afterwards. Just go to the chaoticradio.com, go to shows, podcasts, scroll down to your favorite show, boom, pop it through, and on iTunes. Look for us over there and stuff like that. Uh, we still have our buddy uh, Steve Cooper in studio. Appreciate you coming out, buddy. Having a good time so far? No problem, man. I like that drive. The, the 210 is great. Once you oh, get on it, it's great. It's open, man. It's like you at know, a certain time, though. It, it's weird coming uh, out of L.A. from, I think it's 2.30 to 5.30, 6 o'clock. It's done. I it's, hit a little bit, but not bad. But, yeah. I, but it was good just because, you know, 
people can drive out here. You know, well, going out to what uh, Eagle Rock and the uh, Burbank, right? It was, it, yeah, you hit the right time. You're just out there in like under it's half great. an hour. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Just loving and stuff like that. Um, well, you know, we talked about you being in stand up and stuff. Did you? Um, when did you stop doing stand up? You said you took a break. Was it uh, after moving out of Philly or? Um, I had moved to Vegas for a little bit, and then I was in San Diego. I don't know. I just got up. My ex-wife was nuts. She was bothering me that I was always on the road. So I just wanted to break. I wanted to follow writing. And, you know, looking back, look at, you know, we have a phone call? That's right. We got a phone call and stuff like that. Well, I didn't, I, that's I, all right. No, because that's I, I, this I is an remember. unoiled machine. Yeah, here. I, I, oh, I, it's I, fine. It's fine. I just, just a re- reminder. I, just I knew we had a phone call. <laughs> yeah, that's that Jimmy I'm, Shaw. If Roy I'm, Brewster was here, he would have said, hey, Jimmy Shaw, you know, but Jimmy's getting in. See, Jimmy, Roy's usually in that seat. Yeah, Jimmy's I, usually there. Roy would have hung up on 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 the caller. I would I would have been over there holding the sign up for Roy, going phone call, dude. Let's do this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. Uh, your ex-wife, you had to take some time. Yeah, I just took and I got out of the business for the wrong reason, but it, it all worked out, so it's good. I'm divorced, and I'm I now I I would have what would I've been on the road? I would have been oh, on the road. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I mean no, it's fine. She was crazy. I don't talk to her, but uh, anymore. I don't even know. I mean, I think she's became a redneck or something. But whatever. But it's uh, a <laughs> transition. I'm friends with her sister on Facebook. She asked me to be her friend. I said no fuck that. No, but uh but no i i would have you know um what would i what would have happened in my life i don't know well i would have had a sitcom i don't know would i have been on the road i don't would i drank myself to death i don't know but now you know i, I like my radio show i wrote a book i have a great girlfriend so it, it's all it all works out yeah, seems I, like you're doing I, just I, fine I have no problems with it excellent well we got a we actually have a, a caller in who do we got charles ready? welcome to the program charles hey, you're how's on going Charles, Charles, what's up? I know you're calling. What are you calling the bitch about the Eagles and the Redskins? <laughs> I knew, I knew you'd take this forum just to jump in here, but it's okay. I know we where we got some bad people, but everyone's hurt. They're all hurt. It's okay. Sam Bradford, as Tony Kornheiser called him, the human splint. I know it's okay, but you got you got Griffith. You got RG three. No, my thing. All right, first of all, I'm I don't I've never hated the Eagles because well, first of all, like you said the. Philadelphia never wins anything, so yeah, I know. no reason to hate them. <laughs> so I was just wondering. I mean, I'm getting mixed reactions from Philly fans, and I know you as a true Philly fan as to what Chip Kelly is actually doing. Some some are by they're drinking the Kool Aid, and then you have a few that are actually sensible. I I honestly think it like this. I first of all, I would be very pissed that they drafted Mariotti, Mariota, because I don't think I don't. I, I saw what he did in the national game and he sucked. That's what I'm saying. Secondly, I think that uh, if these people stay healthy, they'll be fine. I don't, you know, with his system, Bradford was the number one choice. If if he's healthy, but he's never healthy, so that's the thing. It's like it's like anything. So I think it's just going to be wait what happens after uh, uh, the training camp because you don't know the receivers. You know what? Macklin had one good year. Uh, it's nothing. I mean, we can replace well, yeah, him. Yeah, one good year because it was, John was gone. Yeah, and so I, I'll see what happens with Matthews and if they draft. I don't. I, I'm not worried about it because the thing is, as I said, when you're when you're a Philadelphia fan, you're used to uh, used to disappointment. So it's like sometimes I think you know what? I'd rather them go ten and six and not make the playoffs than go eleven and five and make the playoffs than be pissed. The only whole thing about pissed me off about the whole off season was Joanne got me a McCoy jersey last Christmas. Now no. I'm gonna put that with my uh, Westbrook jersey, my my no. Cunningham jersey, and my Ricky Waters jersey, and my Kevin Cobb jersey. I got the no. Kevin Cobb jersey as a joke. It was seven bucks on sale, so I had to get that. So, well, I mean, I'm I'm just worried about you guys' organization because we, our team. Well, you know, I'm a Redskins fan, and 
our team hit the bricks when we got Steve Spurrier, and he did the exact same thing. I know, but I, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because I think Chip Kelly's just a different coach. Everyone really likes Chip Kelly. We'll find out. You know, I mean, but I want to tell you this, though. This year, we got to get together and watch an Eagles-Redskins game. Yes, we do. All right. All right, brother. All right, man. Good talking to you. Take you there. All right. Later. All right. Awesome. Thanks for calling in, buddy. It's Redskins suck. No, Charles, <laughs> Charles is great. And it's, it's true. Cause like, Redskins and Eagles fans don't hate each other. And that, that's the truth. We don't hate each other. And, uh, yeah, we just, we're just we're – just, um, because we hate the Cowboys and Giants. But it's just been Philadelphia. It's such a big thing. Because when I came to Burbank, when I moved to Burbank, I'm a Philadelphia fan. And there's a lot of people – There's see, when I grew up, if you went to a bar – it was everyone who were Philadelphia fans. Out here, if you go to a bar, there's 87 different fans. Yeah, and you sit there, and you know, and then you get you get to know people, and then you you give each other crap, and that's the thing. It's like with comics too. Like with comics, you know, you bust each other's balls. Like us, like I'll bust Charles' balls about the Redskins. He'll bust mine, but we never get mean. You sure. know what I mean? And it's just fun. You know, it's Charles, my friend Daryl, were Redskins fans, and I have Cowboys fans, and, and it's just fun. And that's like you know, it's like that's the same with the comics. That's you know, when you make fun of the guys you're friends with, well, you got a jab at them, yeah. yeah. You're gonna have fun, and it makes and it makes them quicker. Oh, for sure. So absolutely, absolutely. So you you you, you get divorced. You come to Burbank. I well, I, I came to Burbank, and I was still I was I, was, I started writing for a website called Skliff. That's where I met my mentor Jeff Martyr, and it was cool because my friend got me the gig with him. I was waiting tables, trying to get stuff. I optioned a screenplay, very small option. I, I got some things started. You know, I had a comedy troupe that ran for a year in Hollywood, but uh, I started. I would write like thirty jokes a day. And it was great, you know. In the beginning, it was great because was they had a it was a, when the internet was big, cost per click. It was an advertising module, right. so they needed content. And back then, man, I mean, they were paying, you know, like I don't know, paying us like we had a level. We kicked out so many jokes, and it was a questions you had to attach to it for this website. You would get the more, and so I did it, and I, I just I was killing them. Yeah. I was sitting there, going, they're going, holy crap! So they put me. They they said, well, we'll just hire you. And so and I had that thing, but then I was just you know I I, I screwed around for a while, you know, and then uh. Doing that, just trying to figure out Doing what you that, want to just, do. Kind and then of thing. I was just, you know, I was hanging out. I was, I was working in a restaurant. And I was, I was sort of about stage fright. I, I didn't, I really didn't want to go back on stage. I, I didn't like. I felt like my my whole act sucked. And I was like, you know, I don't like dealing with this. I don't. I'm not going to hang out at the clubs. How many years between um, you stopping and then at this time in Burbank had you not been doing it? I had done it sporadically in. San Diego. Gotcha. Okay. A couple spots here. And kind of like what you're doing now. A little bit. Yeah, here, but little I'm bit there. there. I, I would do the comedy store in San Diego every once in a while. I would do it. There's a place called Fourth and B, which I, I got booked with a whole 2,000 people. I was one of the only acts that did that. There's a place called Fibber McGee's. I would, I would, yeah, I would do it occasionally. Mm-hmm. But then I just, I, I don't know. And I stopped doing it. And then one day I just, I, my buddy had an Italian restaurant in Burbank called Victoria's. This was a few years ago when I got back into it. He wanted to do business. I had done open mic a few times. I said, well, you know, I did or some book things. I think I did something at Michael's. And I said, well, let's try comedy. thing is, I didn't really know any comics out here because I'm not going to sit there and hit up Keith Robinson or Paul Tompkins and do a pizza place for no money. <laughs> hey, guys, um, remember me? <laughs> everyone, I mean, they know me, but they're they're successful. They're very right. successful comics. And so I just I said to my buddy, we'll get it together. So I put it, I put an ad out on Craigslist looking for comics. Holy crap. I'm getting stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, I got all a ventriloquist. I got all this stuff. I'm like, And I met a few guys when I did the thing at Michael's. I had met Ro Del Grazi, and I met uh, and I met somewhere I met a guy Steve Randolph who was a real nice kid, and so I, I booked some and it was cool because then that got me back into it because I hosted a show every week, mm-hmm. and it would get packed. But also Jimmy Schubert did a set there, Chris Titus did a set there. Oh nice. Well, Titus's girlfriend wanted to do a set, and he knew my friend, so he, some guy was heckling her, so he goes, "Can I go on?" And, and so I, I got back into it, and I would do it, and I was doing it a lot more. 
And then I was doing shows. I mean, because people would see me, they go, "Okay, I could get, I could work every night." Feel good again to be out. Yeah, doing it was it good. More constantly. But then I was just like, you know what? I started doing the radio thing, and I was just like, you know what? I don't just feel like I don't feel like getting off the couch. And then when I started <laughs> dating uh, Joanne before she moved out here, that was great because for two years I was in a long distance relationship. That's right, you were going back and forth. Yeah, but when I would go back, I would book paid thirty minute sets. I would feature, and the one there was a comedy club right near her house, which was great, perfect, because it was like a five minute ride, and it was a guy who I worked for years before. And I would come in, and I would just sometimes I wouldn't be booked. I would call and say, "Hey, can I come by and uh, do a guest set?" And I would walk in, and the manager Tony Conaway would sit there and go, "Hey, you, you want to do twenty? Yeah, yeah, sure." I'm good. And then he always give me like twenty five bucks because he goes, "People would come out to see me because it was my hometown, and I was back." Nice. So I was having fun doing that. Then you come back here, and you're like, "Oh yeah, here you want to go in front of six people and do eight minutes?" No, no, thank no, you, because it's not that's <laughs> not my that's not my my main end is not to do comedy. If Cooper Talk blows up, yes, I will use that. I will do comedy because I know how to do comedy. Right. With my cookbook, we, if my new manager wants to sit there and get me out on the speaking circuit or corporate stuff with healthcare stuff, I can do that because I can sure. write comedy and that's the thing. But yeah, so I mean, it was a while, but when I got back, it was fun. But then it's just like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'd rather sit at home and watch, you know, Netflix, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, Amazon Prime. Yeah, we were doing you were doing uh, monthly shows and uh, we were doing a, an all lady show. I was doing it flappers. flappers. I was doing a it was a I think it was a start up weekly, and it was uh, Cooper's Angels. That's right. And in, I uh, you who room. Yeah, and yeah. I had some great. I mean, I had Ka- uh, Kathy Lavin did it. Uh, Jan Karam did it. Uh, Jody Miller did it. Uh, Bobby Oliver did it. Yeah. I mean, I got and I. This funny thing is. I would go and I would get all I would get good female acts, but they weren't bringing people, and that's the thing. I'm not going to ask. I don't. People are like, oh, you got to bring people. Well, no, I'm not. They put a few people to bring people. But when it says Cooper's Angels, my name's attached to it. I'm not putting out a crap product. Right. I don't believe in that. So that didn't work. But then I would do at my friend's restaurant. It would be called – most. I did a thing where it was, in the beginning, after that it was like all guys. It was called Cooper's Heroes, like Hogan's <laughs> Heroes. And so I was doing both. And then it just became a pain you know, producing. And then I was producing at my friend's bar, Jimmy's Place. But that was just like I had my friend – do you know Do Kerberlani? Yeah. Do would – Help do it, help do it with me. I'd have him just say, you know, book a few acts. And I just said, you know what? I got tired of it. I said, you know, I don't, no one comes out. I'd rather stay at home on Tuesday night. And this was a 10 minute ride. I don't, because <laughs> it was no fun, you know, and they don't, they didn't promote. And I'm like, I'm not in it. You know, I, I never promoted all the clubs I played at. When I played back at my hometown, when I played the one club in my hometown, you know, I promoted it. I said, I always promote, but I, it wasn't my job to get people out. 25 people showed up on show to see me. Yeah. But it was like, you know, it, it that's the clubs. That's the clubs deal. That's their job. That's well, why sure. they're a comedy club. So that's why I just I said, you know what? And fucking people flake, people don't call, and I'm like, you know, I'm just I'm just I don't need this crap. You well, know, yeah, I, you know, I, when I was doing bringers, the, the, that ended up being the the show was worrying about your bringers, right? Up until you didn't have no time to get ready for your, exactly. your set to chill out. And you're, oh my god, do, do it! And did I did the same thing up? when I produced did the show. show up? I, Are we ready to go? And the worst for me is I would worry if people showed up, not because I didn't give a crap if I would they're going to cancel my show at Flappers. I don't care, right? But I would worry because I want the comics to have a you know I would I would apologize to the comics. I'd be like I'm sorry, but I'm thinking then I, after a while I'm like well wait a second they could have brought people. It's mm-hmm. a good venue. I treat them good. I try to get them drink tickets. Right. And so and and. So yeah, it's just it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, once I quit doing the bringers, then it was this. I'm here for to do your comedy, do my comedy. What you're supposed to be there for. And I felt I got better, or at least more yeah. comfortable, because you know up until showtime, you don't know if you're not going on because you didn't. Your your tenth person. Which is didn't such bullshit, up. and I'm 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 not even gonna go into that just because it's so. It just it's a disgusting it's a disgusting thing, and and it's it just it, it irritates me just for the fact that, you know, and people, it, you know, you shouldn't charge anyone to perform. You yeah. know, I never paid to perform. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we pay enough dues. You know, there's enough crap out there. It's true. And, and it just it, it just disgusts me that people will sit there and have the audacity. But then some people who will sit there and charge comics or do bringers will sit there and talk shit about other comics. Well, no, you know what? Don't talk shit about other comics and their jokes because you know what? You're just as bad as them because you're charging comics to get on stage. You're charging shitty comics to put a show, a right. brand new show. You know, I mean, you don't you have no pride in comedy. So if you're doing shows like that, don't get upset if someone does a. Uh, dick joke or a fat joke or this joke because you know what you're you're helping with that you're one of the reasons you know if you said hey i want to bring i want to book a show with good comics that you know are good and you didn't charge them you're gonna get a good show but if you're gonna sit there and and you're gonna bitch about another show then you know what if you're bitching about some other show you better do your own shows with good comics else don't talk it's fucking glass house set the bar for yourself that's pissed me off like with people who bitch about the fat jokes i'm bald and (laughs) cross-eyed People have no problem making fun of cross-eyed people. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? Here's the difference. A fat person can help it. I can't help a fucking lazy eye. And that's same with bald people. I mean, people, I don't care. I look better bald. You know, and I, it hasn't hurt me. But I know I have had friends who are bald. It drives them crazy. But it's no problem if you make fun of a bald guy. And then if a bald guy goes out and gets a toupee, you make fun of a guy with a toupee. So I'm sorry. It's like give, give love to the bald and cross-eyed people. <laughs> we're here. We're great. That's all I'm saying, man. Just stop being judgmental. Recognize. <laughs> I mean, yeah, recognize. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, jokes are funny. Anything. So, I mean, I don't do rape jokes, but I mean, but I know Mark, you know, Mark Fernandez. He does a thing, and it's it's a it's a I hate to say a clean rape joke, but he's like he goes, yeah, you know, about in a forest, whatever, and some sign, it's whatever, but it's nothing, it's not offensive, right? And it's so, but it's like you know, I mean, I think it's a taboo subject, but I don't know, I just, I mean, I don't everyone's care. just so picky, everyone's waiting to jump on something, yeah, and it's just like, to be people just heard. put put this opinion out. It's like I always look, you know, on Facebook, and I always think if you took the time where you bitched about bringers or bitched about people's acts and did that into your act, you wouldn't have to be – Tony Baker's a great example of that. Tony yes. Baker's great. He is the most positive person. He posted. He said, hey, you know what? Just worry about yourself. Yeah. And he's right. Just worry about yourself. He gets up. You know, he does – he headlines now You know, because mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't fall into that crap. And the people – it's all the spew they're shooting out. It's like just worry about your own act. Yeah. You, you know, people are going to get breaks. That's that's the way it is. That's the way it is, and you know, you work hard or not, or it. But the it happens. Going to happen. It happens yeah. in everything. It happens in law firms. A frat brother gets a job over you. The warehouse just, worker. Yeah, exactly. They know someone. It's life, and yeah. it's like if you don't like it, get out. Well, you know, I learned to let go of all that you know external stuff when I'm about to perform and stuff like the the show I did Sunday. I used to always worry about okay, this is my closer, this is my opener, this is always in the middle, and it's just one of this show is a great example. I just. Didn't worry about it, and I didn't even get close to my closer. But the crowd, I had such a great time with this crowd. Because the thing is, they know. They know when you're having fun. And and when when they have fun, I mean, I used to always say it would be funny when you would be doing your setup, maybe laughing. Like, no, 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 no. Come on. I didn't even get to the punchline. And they're laughing more. Because they know. And it's like, that's the thing. They know when you're having fun. And that's why that's what people forget. That's why people go to see comedy to yeah. have fun. They don't hear someone bitching about their fucking life. And I'm life. a fan of comedy. You are too. So when you see someone, you know exactly if yeah. they're, they're having the best. This is truly they're doing a great job and having a blast yeah, doing it. That's yeah. the way it is. I mean, I, I saw. I said it when I was in. We were me and Joanne were visiting her mom and stepdad who had a place for a month in Florida. And there's a great comedy club in Sarasota called McCurdy's Comedy Theater. And John DeCrosta, who's a very very funny guy, headlined the one week, and I got Joanne's. Uh, mom and stepdad come, but then Schubert was in town the week we were there. So yeah. I called Jamie. I said, "Can you guess?" And, you know, and he goes up and he just he goes up there and he's just destroying and just killing and and his shit is off color. 
but it's just funny and you're watching him and and you know him and you know he's like but then now he starts breaking into a laugh during the show yeah but you know he's having fun because he's a sinner because he's slaying and he's like he's not caring and that's the thing and the crowd is with him right and when he lo- and that's the thing is when he loses the crowd for a little bit he doesn't give a crap yeah. you can get him back and that's the thing you know a comic when you lose the crowd it sucks but that's then then it's when that's why it becomes the work you got to work to get exactly. him back bring him back and to that's you. the difference between a good comic and a bad comic a good comic will get him back not all the time but probably like 80 percent yeah oh so. absolutely we've been to those shows we've seen that oh happen. god yeah. I mean, yeah it's crazy absolutely well, you, you said you've been doing your podcast, what, uh, uh, four years now? Over think, four years? I think around four. I think around four years. How many episodes you got? Well, on my website, I, I just posted 358, um, number 358. I have some other ones before that I didn't really – wasn't doing the podcast as much and because I was like – I didn't know how to set it up and stuff. And then now I look back that I don't want to put them up. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean I look back. It's like, you know – yeah, I mean it's uh, CooperTalk.net. Go to Cooper CooperTalk.net. Oh, absolutely. We're and, gonna we find you at Cooper, and CooperTalk.net and at CooperTalk on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I just I, I I've gotten lucky where I've sat there and I I've kept relentless. Not relentless. I I don't. It's like okay, here's how it comes with guests. I sense you know you send someone and they don't get back to you, and you understand people are busy, right? And you know, and I don't I don't get upset by it unless it's someone who's not that talented and I needed a guest and they don't get back and I go. Who are you? Are you joking me? <laughs> but it just, I mean, years ago, about like two years, I just got this message actually yesterday. I got a message on Twitter. Two years ago, I don't know how it happened. Eddie, uh, John Perret, who played Eddie from Eddie and the Cruisers. Right. I love the movie. I mean, from New Great Jersey, movie. love the movie. He started following me. I followed him. He started following me. And I sent him a message two years ago about my show. Never heard from him. He tweeted the other day about something. He never, I never really saw him tweet. And I said, hey, Twitter, you have to show your characters. I said, Love you to be a guest on my show in Burbank. Gregory Harrison, Robbie Benson, and Brian Herslinger have been on. Now, Brian Herslinger is a director who directed a movie Michael Perret was in. And he also wrote. Ah. So, And he's grew, he's friends with a very amazing comic named Jay Black, who's from the town next to me where I grew up. And I worked with Jay a few times when I went back east. And they write together, and they've sold a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so he says, he goes, Perret just writes back, oh, I love Brian Herslinger. He's a great writer. Well, then I'm sitting there yesterday, and this was in the morning, in the afternoon. He goes, all right, to my message two years ago. All right, <laughs> give me your number. Will he call me? Hopefully. But it's like, wow, I'm sitting there going, you know, and, and it's, I'm like, okay. And it's like. Uh, I uh, forgot you, I said that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what happens. And you know uh, E.G. Daly? Yeah. Well, she, I said. Pee-wee's uh, yeah, Big Adventure. I yeah. sent her a message like three months ago. Forgot all about it. And, you know, you, sit there, you send these messages. You're not. I get a message like three weeks ago. Oh, that sounds great. So then I sit him back and forth with her uh, assistant. She's coming on the 14th. Nice. So it's just, you don't know. And that's a thing. Uh, but the guest, though, I've gotten lucky. And so, yeah, I, I sit there and it's been going for four years. And I've just, I've gone from like my first big guest was Cato Kalin, yeah. who is, is actually a friend now. And he's the nicest guy. But for me, that was a big thing. Sure. But then I remember when I got Robbie Benson. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, wow. And then all of a sudden, these actors, you know, and then I said, musicians, Terry Nunn from Berlin, yeah. you know, and just different people. And then they recommend people. And then, I find out what what musicians my friends like, and I get them, or you know, or you know, well, the word of a friend of a friend, and yeah. Word, word. Or I just find out who my friends well, are like. What, to hear. what I like, what I enjoy about your podcast is you're you're always excited with your guest. You're always you're always glad they're there. That's what I've always picked up. Well, yeah, because it's fun, and that's yeah. the thing. As as my guests say, and I I say the same way. It's uh when you're in my studio, 
we'll talk, we'll talk. And I start, I'll, I'll veer off sometimes mm-hmm. and they go and it's like a boat ride and they're like, where the hell is he going? But I always come back and they always say, they go, that's funny. Whenever we veer off on something, I always bring back the topic because I actually listen. I mean, I may talk a lot, but I do actually listen. Yeah. So when we veer off a topic, I know what we are talking about. And then we just go. And as I said, you know, with now my concentration is character actors. You know, I, I remember years ago, I was watching uh, Letterman and Richard Harris was on. Mm-hmm. He comes in and tells these stories. Hysterical. Letterman's like, and I love Letterman. He's like, that's all you need? A few good stories. And he's right. <laughs> so I get these characters. They tell these stories. You know, you mention a movie. And they go, oh. And that's what, that's what I, when I love doing what I do, when they sit there and go, oh, that reminds me of a story. And I always know it's going to be a great story. Yeah. And I just sit there and I, I sit back. Well, you, got that, I, you got that surprise because someone you actually don't know. Right. The story could be great. The greatest story you ever heard and based on something. Are. Yeah. And you just don't know when it's coming. And I just want to hear it. And yeah. that's the thing. So I just let them, I let them run. I said, I don't, I don't edit my show. I don't, I just, I don't, I'm not prepared. I just know where they're from. I basically know where they're from and what they've been in. Yeah. We keep ours uh, unedited. Well, the Kaveri stuff we might take out, but. Yeah. But take that Kaveri out. <laughs> Time filler. <laughs> slice them out. We'll slice them. That's easy. <laughs> Yeah, that's easy to find out. We we actually have a a Kaveri filter. The Kaveri filter, yes. Mm-hmm. He's I, so loud. I love John, but he's like screaming. I'm like, oh, oh my god. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god. It's yeah, like, I just, ah! I'm like, oh my god. Before we it. process any podcast, we just set up the Kaveri filter. It just processes on everything. It removes all instances. I'm gonna see if I can drag. I got <laughs> It's drag, like McAfee. I got to drag you down to one of uh, John's shows, Blaine. You that McAfee. I saw his story about him on uh, Dateline. That dude is crazy. I don't know, watch if if you have on demand. Watch last week's Dateline. The whole McAfee thing. The guy who started it. it, it he's just, a nut job. Oh my god, insane. Yeah. But a great, great. That'd be a great interview because he just goes nuts. I think. Um. I, I wonder. You know the the whole Durst thing that blew up here a couple weeks ago on HBO. I wonder if like McAfee is just one step away from that in my mind. Like he, he might be. Like it's only a couple. Like like if if in a month from now there's a headline that says. Uh, McAfee murdered three people and has been hiding it the whole time, and they're chopped up in his freezer. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Which I don't, I don't do bits on radio shows because I don't, I don't like comments to bits. But here's my new impression. It's okay. my Durst. That's it. I killed him. <laughs> I killed them all. What did I do? Because I love he call. He goes, of course I called him collect. It's my brother's company. He's like so. <laughs> he reminds me of like Gilbert Gottfried, and he like when he talks his eyes, he's like, of course. What? Nah, that's a word. I, I didn't shoot anybody. I, I, why would I kill somebody? <laughs> and it's just, I, it's, he's so great. I mean, I, I had an idea for a great sketch. It would be him on the dating game with Amanda Knox, uh, the girl, um, Jody Arias, and Casey Anthony. Oh, my that God. That would be a great, that would be, uh, a, would great, be, that'd be a great <laughs> sketch. I mean, if, yeah, that would be a perfect sketch. So. <laughs> Plane's yeah. all over that one. No, I'm, I'm down. I'm down <laughs> That'd be so funny. That'd yeah. be just crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know about the uh, Jody Arias. She she scares me, but the other two, I'd totally I'd totally take them for a role. Oh, Jody Arias was hot when she was a blonde, but now she looks like awful. And, uh, and she that, scares me though. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, well, they all. I mean, one killed a baby, <laughs> one killed her roommate, <laughs> but it's the one that killed the guy. Yeah, he's scared. That's like, the one scared wait me. a second, she stabbed the guy. Wait, because he looked cheated on her. But but hey, you know what? She didn't just stab him. Like she didn't just walk up and she she, she straight like. Like a Mexican mafia. Did that. Bleh, 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 yep. bleh, bleh, like, but um, think how passionate she'd be in the sack. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, the re- and the reason why she scares me is because I could never live up to her her desires. There's no way. I would – I would. you know, she'd be like, yeah, do it like that. And I'd be like, oh, and then I then – she, Then she – yeah, while I'm recovering, she's going she's gonna to kill me. 
<laughs> no, I think I, as long as you were loyal to her, I think, you know, just about, eh, you know, that's all good. As long as she thought you were loyal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It ain't the truth. It's only what she thinks. Only what she thinks. Jeez. Well, yeah, like I said, it's, you, you sound excited to have your guests on there and stuff. Because I am. Yeah, it's you know? great. It's great. I've been listening for years on that one. Yeah, just I mean, and then you know, when I, I have my cookbook here, when I went through that life-changing experience, you know, exactly. I, I'm, I'm even more excited now because it's just, you know, I'm well, alive. yeah, I did talk that you're now an author. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess author sounds weird because it's a cookbook, but I am, I am yeah. working on a, a short story book um, that I will also turn into like a spoken word thing. I'll record in the studio, mm-hmm. and then a, a, a joke book about those. Like, I do those movie mashups, and that's just I'll self-publish that for like no money at all because you can do it that way. But yeah, my book, I, I mean, I just I, I self-published it. Well, what uh, what happened to you to make you write the book? Okay. Well, the book's called Stop the Salt, and okay. the website's stopthesalt.com. You can get it there. You can go to Amazon, Amazon. and Barnes & Noble to get it. Um, and basically, uh, a few years ago, I was feeling ill, and I was time when I was going back and forth, and, and it, I just I felt awful. And the doctor sat there, and uh, I went to the doctor, this idiot, and he says, it's a respiratory infection. I go, All right. I go back. I'm like, I'm not feeling better. He's giving me vitamin B12 shots. Well, I find out I have a heart problem. Giving vitamin B12 shots to someone with a heart problem is like giving Flintstone chewables to someone with AIDS. Okay, it, it, it doesn't help. Yeah, it didn't touch So you. I'm sitting there, and I, just, I remember I got really sick. And I, when I was in the hospital, the doctor asked me if I ever had a heart attack. And I think I did. It was I was going to – I was taking all this uh, um, over-the-counter stuff because I was feeling sick. And I was flying back to New Jersey the next morning at 6 yeah. in the morning, and my shuttles picked me up. And – I started hyperventilating at this pain. I don't know what happened, but it was – they always say when you hyperventilate, grab a bag. Well, I had no paper bags. I don't need, I don't need plastic bags. Oh, I don't want to suffocate. But I did see – and this is no lie. I had a bag, an empty bag of uh, Lay's barbecue potato chips. There you go. So I start doing that and all the shit's going down my throat. So I get in the hospital. I get, to the, I get back east and maybe I had a heart attack. I don't know. Three weeks later is when I went to the doctor with a respiratory infection. Then finally, I went to my friend's party. I got – I had a half a glass of wine ate something. I said, I got to go. I couldn't get out of bed. My ankles were swollen. I couldn't get out of bed. I went home. I got violently ill. I mean, like I got out of my car and I got sick in the garage. So the next day I called my buddy. I said, drop me off at the emergency room. So I go in and they thought it might be walking pneumonia and it was congestive heart failure. Wow. Which, uh, and luckily I was terrified and I knew the nurse. I used to work with her. And so they put me in the hospital. That's when the doctor said, did you ever have a heart attack? I said, I don't think so. And he goes, well, yeah, your heart's damaged. And I guess congestive heart failure is a lot worse than I thought. And so basically I was in there for four days in the uh, old person, the, the cardiac unit, which sucks because you're in a hospital. Right. And it's when the Kings were just going to make the Stanley Cup to, uh, <laughs> years ago. And I had this brand new 50-inch TV at home. You're right. And, and they, don't, they didn't get the Fox Sports Channel or the NBC Prime or whatever. Right, so cable version, I couldn't yeah. watch that. I could watch the Hallmark Channel, <laughs> but I couldn't watch the goddamn Kings. And I'm thinking, can I just check out? So I'm just sitting here. <laughs> I'm going to go home real yeah. quick. I'll come right back. And you're sitting there. And then they go, well, you know, exercise. And so I'm, I walk down the hall. And you walk down the hall, you see old people dying. I'm like, well, this isn't great. <laughs> So I finally was in there for four or five days, four days. And then uh, I got home and I drank some vitamin B water or whatever, heart rate again. So I congested heart failure. So I was on medication. I was on like five or six different meds. And um, I had to change my diet because with the congestive heart failure, you have to watch the sodium. Right. The sodium builds fluid. So I had, I had, when I was in college, I was an assistant chef at a restaurant uh, for a summer. And so I knew how to cook, but I didn't really cook. I was, you know, when I wasn't back seeing my girlfriend, I was – at the bar, happy hour, you know, you see your friends because you get bored sitting at home. So you'd eat, sure. you'd eat the crap. And I just had to change my diet and I quit smoking, quit 
gave up caffeine. That was three years ago. I haven't had a cigarette since. Cause wow. Well, I wanted to live. That's the difference. If they say, you know, hey, you have a heart problem. If you still smoke, you get a problem. Right. So I sat there and I, I would always make these recipes. You have a bigger problem than a heart problem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's yeah. like I, I know a guy who was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which is awful. But then he's also diagnosed with diabetes, obesity, and high blood pressure. But he's still at the bar drinking every day. I go, hey, dude, why, why are you at the bar drinking every day? And he said, well, I'm not, you know, because I'm going to beat multiple sclerosis. I said, no, you can't. You're not going to beat that. I'm going to beat it. But the other stuff. You're going to die from. You'll be dead in a year. <laughs> you know, you're obese. You have high blood pressure. You're drinking beers every day. It's not good for any of that stuff. So I sit there and I, I came up with ideas and I, I would do recipes. I take pictures. And then I was thinking, you know what? I, there's an idea here. So I, I, it's called Stop the Salt, uh, Low Sodium Cooking for One Without Killing Yourself. And it's basically, it's a, it's a, it's a cookbook for idiots. Like I said, there, there's no pictures. Cause you think about it. If you're a guy and you cook, when you look in a picture, you get intimidated. You're like, I can't oh, make absolutely. that. Yeah. You know, and there's easy, easy ingredients. I like to cook. I love to cook, but I don't have, you know, paprika to move. I don't have like, like you look at a recipe and you're sitting there going, you look at, you look at yourself and I have, you know, good spices and I get the Mrs. Dash, which is a salt free spice, but I have like 12 spices. When yeah. you look at a recipe and you're 16, you go, what the hell is this shit? I don't even know what that <laughs> is. A bit much. You know, cumin paste or, you know, tahini paste. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So I said, I'm going to get this book. And, and so you look at it and it's like recipes are basic. And I, I took in the beginning. There's like there's stupid names like going back to Cali Mel. Yeah. I just figured out about I go I went on Wikipedia and websites and I did my research and I took I, you know it's 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 open knowledge but that's sure. why that's why uh, I can't get it on Kindle because they said we don't want stuff that's been on uh out on the internet that they can find I'm like that's just part of my book it's the recipes I said yeah. but who's gonna get a book cookbook on Kindle <laughs> you know it's like you're gonna drop it in a tomato sauce and you're screwed so yeah again it's just I, I talk about you know like Swiss cheese by the Cali Mel and I just give a basic thing it's like Two slices yeah. whole wheat, whole grain bread, mushroom sliced, avocado, blah, 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 just the recipes, and then preheat broiler, lay bread on baking sheet, top each slice evenly, add a slice of Swiss, brown until it begins. Yeah. Boom. That's all. Yeah. And, e- e- easy font to read, double yeah. spaced. Yeah. And, yeah. and up front, there's a key where it says, hey, my key, vegetables, grains, <laughs> you know, <laughs> potatoes and meat. It's Stupid. not easy. I say, exactly. I say eat eight we- ounces of meat and eat eight ounces of vegetables. And you know what? It's fine to microwave your vegetables. You, know, you put them in, and I say for pastas, just read the instructions. If you can't cook spaghetti, you're an idiot. You shouldn't even be in the kitchen. I mean, what's spaghetti say? Boil water, put it in, and then you taste it because some people like al dente. Yeah. So that's all it is. So, and it's 120 boil recipes. Boil for al dente. Boil tell texture you like. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm doing. And there's there's dinner time sandwiches, pasta. Pastorama no, it's not, it's and not a, It's not a thick book. It's uh, all informative. Ten bucks, and it's you know, and, and once in a while you do post on. Uh, uh, Facebook or Instagram, something that you I do made. Instagram. Well, that, that's actually, that's that eat, eat healthy and cheap. A lot of them yeah. aren't in here, but that's just that I cook dinner because I have a whole thing. I'm, I'm, and I see it also going back to Facebook and comics saying, Oh, I got to eat. I'm broke. You know what? I, I hate the fact that people sit there and think that eating healthy is expensive because it's not. I can sit there and that's why I put there. You know, I, I made ahi steaks the other night, yeah. ahi steaks with uh, asparagus and I shop. And that's how I say in the book right. when you can eat well, if you shop, like if halibut's on sale or it's not on sale. It's twelve ninety nine. Don't get it. <laughs> but it was on sale for five ninety nine. Get it. You know that's why I, I plan a menu. Joanna cracks up because I, I go to my sprouts for my produce and I go to Ralph's and I plan. I look at the trailer, the the things, the flyer, and I go, yeah. "This is on sale." Okay, well, you know, we're gonna, would you want this? Ah, here's what this. most of us do well when we're broke for that week. Right. It's like you know we need to plan this out better. I you do know? it all the time. And how, the thing how is, how long can I stretch this Velveeta or whatever yeah. it be? But for me, that's just the thing. And it's, people always go, "Well, it's, no, it's not cheaper to eat." crap food you know you go my my friend was visiting and i was driving him back to the airport a college friend and he goes hey man 
can we just stop at McDonald's? And I go, yeah, because we're going to the airport. It's early in the morning. Yeah. And he picks up an egg McMuffin and an orange juice. He goes, that'll be $6. $6 for freaking egg McMuffin <laughs> and orange juice. It's like, what the hell? I could have made eggs. And, I mean, and he had that. But that's the thing. The fast food is expensive now. You yeah. don't get it. And the $5 foot long, I got a big problem with that. Because the problem is they, they always say they always say how there's no grams in fat. But they don't tell you about the sodium. Sodium's a killer. Right. You know, high blood pressure. The $5 foot long. They go, oh, only eight grams of fat. And this is sodium. Yeah, but they don't tell you it's only eight grams of hat. Half for the half of the five foot long. They don't sit there and tell you when you look at their nutritional breakdown, it's six inches, six inches. They don't give it 12, so it's 18 grams of fat. It's like the low sodium soup. Uh-huh. Minestrone does, oh, they do a serving is 420 milligrams of sodium. Well, that's good. Most patients have 2,400 in a day. I can do 2,000. I can go over sometimes I stay under. Yeah. You go, all right, that's not bad. Then you go, wait, can of soup, two servings. Who breaks a can of soup in half? You open up a can of chunky soup and eat you it. eat it. You eat the whole damn can. And then you're like, something, you sit there and you go, oh my God, that's 1600 milligrams of sodium for the whole can if it's not, if it's regular. People need to read labels. It's like just with restaurants. You know, you go to PF Chang's. Yeah. They have a soup. It's like 3600 milligrams for a soup. I mean, it's like, yeah. Damn. So yeah, you really have to watch it. But that's where the cookbook came from. It's at stopthesalt.com. You can get it. And if you want, if you send it, you'll, I think you order through PayPal. Ask if you want, uh, I'll sign it for you. But um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's so easy to eat healthy. Well, how long have you been uh, no, uh, no sodium? How long? Well, low sodium. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do eat salt. Yeah. I mean, but I've, uh, since I got out of the hospital, three, yeah. two, um, it'll be three years in the end of May. I well, yeah. you, you look great. You sound great. It I, seems I, like I work out. out I, I, I've never been thinner. When I got out of the hospital, you all right? Yeah. Uh, when I got out of the hospital, I lost. <laughs> now I want to make sure you guys look. When I got out of the hospital, I lost like. 20 odd pounds because yeah. I think because I just had to ch- I stopped drinking I was on different medication and what sucks is when you lose weight people are like are you sick yeah are you hey well especially you- our, our kind of build right yeah and they're like are you okay and you're like oh my god either he he's got like some weird disease that's we're it good. we're gonna break keep going it's okay oh no I, 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 yeah. I don't want to run over the break but if we're going on the break and stuff we we may mellowly shift into it okay that's yeah cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you were basically what we call skinny people. Right. And once we lose a little bit of weight, 10 pounds or something like that, it's like, oh, God, you're really, really sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it shows up and it just. Are you, are you okay? Are you you're okay? Right? You're I don't know if there's someone who put on 30 pounds. Oh, you, what, you going to hometown buffet? <laughs> you're fat. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break now here and stuff. We're going to come back with our buddy Steve Cooper here on the Roy and Jimmy thing. Live only on chaoticradio.com. Try, try to forget you, girl. And we're back to the Roy and Jimmy thing on a Tuesday night here at chaoticradio.com. I am Jimmy Shaw. I got my buddy Blaine Humbles in, sitting in for the big guy. Yes, sir. <laughs> I didn't know if you're doing Roy or a combination of Roy and John Cavari there. <laughs> it's me unless I have the face on. <laughs> well, this is the last stretch of our show. Uh, we still got our buddy Steve Cooper in. We've been talking about everything. This man's a renaissance man. He's been a chef, stand-up comic, uh, author now, radio host. I'll tell you the best job I ever had. Let's hear it. Okay. Years ago, that's when I first moved to LA. I needed a job. My buddy, it's like, he's like, yeah, I got a job for you. And he was in marketing. So there's a company called Walnut Acres. It was organic soup. Okay. And it was like four bucks a bottle. There's no organic food back then. It's like 13 years ago, right after 9-11, after all that time. And he said, you can dress up like a chef. 
give out soup. And we went to these like the this is no lie. We went to like uh, uh, farmers markets and like busy intersections, Third Street Promenade, with this big greenhouse, and we would give out the soup, and it was this good soup, and you just give it out. And I was like, I don't want to dress like a chef. But then it paid twenty two fifty an hour. So I said, all right. I'll dress like a chef, sure. So then he sat there and it got to a point where it's like they wanted to bring vegetables in. So I dressed up like a piece of corn. <laughs> but I got paid thirty seven fifty an hour. No shit. And I would always have corn because we would take it. Once we gave away all our, the soup, we were free to go. But we get paid for an eight-hour day. Yeah. And we would sit there and go to like this flea, the swap meets. Not swap meets. The uh, farmer's markets and take soup around bargaining. Like I had, I had so many damn persimmons. Because he would say, I'll give you like a case of soup for all those persimmons. And I come back with ahi tuna. And I, it gets thirty-seven fifty an hour. And I wore this green, this, this suit. Like they said it was organic clothes. And I had a, a corn hat. It looked like a corn yarmulke. That's why I said the thing about the yarmulke. And it had little, um, nubs. And yeah, it was great. It was the best job. And you know, you, and you'd get mean to people. Like they'd try to get too much soup. And it was like, sure. I, I always, but it was great. I had butternut scotch. I had salsa. And it was just an awesome and 37, 50 an hour. And it was like the best job ever. And I would just dress up like a piece of corn. And I had this big, I look like a mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> and it was sort of embarrassing. I'll be honest. Like we were in third street promenade. But you're making, what'd you say? 37, 50 an hour. No and the thing is, yeah. and the one guy who ran it, I don't know if you do, you know who Zane Lamprey is? Yeah. Well, Zane, was the main guy, and he I got the job through my brother, and him and my buddy sat there at Third Street Promenade, making fun of me like they didn't know me, <laughs> and I felt, and if I wasn't on the other side, I thought it was funny, but I felt like a dick. They're like, going, ah, look at that idiot, that idiot, he's dressed like corn. Oh my god! And other people start laughing at me. I'm like, and I walk over, and Zane and my friend Neil go, "Well, we're sorry." I go, "Man, it's funny, but you guys are dicks." You dicks. <laughs> but but it was great. It was awesome. I always I was, had that soup. Well, so you said you dressed up as corn. I was trying to picture. Did you look like one of the Fruit of the Loom guys? It was yeah, like sort of. of it was. I had like green green tights. <laughs> Green tights, and it was a whole bodysuit that was wide and it had like husks coming out. I said it looked like a mutant ninja turtle, Damn. and I had the corn yarmulke. And nice. Then there was there was a carrot and there was a tomato, <laughs> but the tomato got fired because she was she fell on the ground. We were spinning her around, and they fired her because she wasn't professional enough. Corporate was there. Now I'm thinking, you know, how did you get fired as a tomato? And the best is the guy who was the carrot. His name was Brent, and this guy was crazy. He came over to my house one night to drink, and I go, and he's real Irish, like Irish Irish. Like I said. Yeah, you want some Irish whiskey? Oh, yeah. So I had Bushmills. He said, I'm not drinking that fucking Protestant shit. And he told me <laughs> the story that the, the Protestants drink Bushmills, the Catholics drink Jameson. I'm like, whatever's on sale at Ralph's. That's the Irish That's whiskey I drink. <laughs> and he had his nose was all screwed up. And I asked him what happened. He got really drunk one night in North Hollywood. And there was a parking meter looser. And he was giving this homeless guy a hard time. And the homeless guy pulled the parking meter and hit him in the face. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, so that, that was the carrot. And we would drive around in his old car we go down the 405 and i still wear the hat even when we were done <laughs> but it was, it was just it was a screwed up job but it was it was great so that's, that's a renaissance man when you can dress like corn dude that is some we you got a you got an irate drunk carrot yeah you got a break dancing tomato yeah and me and then you yeah and i was just there and we would yell like i remember this is no lie a lady came up to me and we, it was when we were giving them out in beverly hills we were like on wilshire and somewhere i forget the exact corner the lady goes how do i know that soup's not tainted I'm like, what? She goes, how do I know you guys? Because it was around a little after September 11th, so everyone was paranoid. How yeah. do I know you're not doing something to that soup, poisoning it? And I go, it's sealed. And she goes, well, I don't know. How do I know you're not terrorists? I said, lady, 
lady. No. I said, lady, I'm thirty. I'm thirty-seven years old. I'm dressed like fucking produce, and I'm giving product out in the street. I'm not a goddamn terrorist, okay? This is my personal guarantee, exactly. As I see, and so, and then I wouldn't give her any. She's like, okay, I'll take some. I said, no, you're not. No, you're, no, not. you're not gonna get out of here. It's like, what? I go, no. You, you thought you called me a terrorist? Is that, is that where your lady thing came? From? No, I don't know. You know, the lady thing just came from. I did that years ago as a joke, and I used to do like. Dumb impressions. I would like do the Jerry Lewis, and then I would do. Uh, I stick you with that. I apologize because when I first started no, no, working with you, and we it, did that show for with uh, Rawl out there in Silmar a couple three years ago. Me, me and you were out. Oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I was begging well, you. It just it just because it works. It's yeah. funny. My girlfriend hates it. She, she <laughs> thinks it's the stupidest bit. And it's the creator. Like her mom's creative. Her mom's an interior designer. Joanne's more book wise. Joanne's very smart, but not in a creative way. And. All my friends who are creative like the bit. People yeah. who aren't don't. They just think it's stupid. And you know what? It is a stupid bit, but it gets a good it's, laugh. It's it, it, Blaine, it's his Jerry Lewis lady. I do a few Jerry Lewis singing Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady. <laughs> I do Jerry, I wait, and I go Jerry Lewis singing Kenny Rogers, and I go Lady. <laughs> and then I do like stupid one-liner jokes in between. I go, if Sheryl Crow married Russell Crow, would she keep her name or add the E? And I do a few of them. And then finally I go, when they start like, what the hell, I go, uh, Jerry Lewis singing Aerosmith. Dude, looks like a lady. <laughs> and I end up with that. Uh, it's just one of the people. It's just stupid. It's fun. And, I, and that's also why I don't do stand-up because I don't want to do stupid stuff like that. I, rather, I, I know, I wanna, but it's kind of nice I to tell, have... Oh, yeah, it's fun. I want to tell stories now. So if I do it, I'll, I'm getting more into the storytelling thing. So. Well, when I last saw you do uh, stand-up, you, you saved it to the very end. It was right. just this little nugget at the end, which I just waited for. I, I, else when, was... when people I know are there and comics <laughs> know, I have to do it. And then you know Jordan Brady. Yeah. Jordan sat there and Jordan. Does he love that one? No. He hates it. And I, I, booked, I booked Jordan on the flopper no, show. It. And Jordan's like, Coop, man, it's just not funny. I'm like, he was on my show, my radio show. Yeah. Coopertalk.net. And uh, I said, uh, Jordan, it's funny. He goes, no, it's not. I go, yeah, it gets less. He goes, I don't know. He goes, you're better than that. I go, yeah. So he's doing the show with me, and we're at Flappers in the Yoohoo room. And it's pretty, it's light, young, young crowd, but light. And I do, lady, no one laughs except Jordan <laughs> laughing his ass off. And people think he's laughing because it's funny. No, he's laughing at me and saying, like, screw I'm, you, I'm Cooper. Right. I and I, I was like, it was just perfect. But I, it's, it's a fun bit. But I, it's like anything. I mean, I, it's just, it's comedy. Yeah, it's just one of my favorites. I'll take a hack one. I'll take a, I'll take someone's one they don't want. It just made me laugh so much. Um, uh, so um, where was I going to go? We're talking about your... Uh, your little jobs before and your odd jobs and stuff. Um, uh, so how's life after the the sodium? The, oh, it's uh, the great. Post sodium. I mean, I sit there. I'm, I'm, I get it along great. My car, my cardiologist is a wise ass. Yeah. He always sits there and just he gives me a hard time. He always just you know he's he uses the f drops f bombs around me because I'm one. I'm like the one of the younger people and I listen to him. Mm -hmm. Like I was in the cardiologist office and this is no lie. A guy walked in with a Taco Bell bag. <laughs> I mean, yeah, seriously, that's that's like honestly, that's like if if you're a pedophile and you go to your parole officer and you have skittles, okay, you don't do it. But I walked in and life is great. He's basically it said, you know, I have a regular heartbeat, so I stopped drinking caffeine. I drink decaf every morning because I love the taste of coffee. But it's it's like anything, you know. There's a documentary about a, a fat, thin, and nearly dead or something like that. It's about this guy who juiced, and it was it was really depressing because he interviewed people. And they're like, oh, I'll probably live till I'm 35. I'm, I'm 51. Okay, I want to, I want to live, man. You know, I mean, you know, things are good. I have a, I have a great looking girlfriend. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to die. You know, I, I make her happy. She makes me happy. Why well, I want to die? That's why things are great. I, I change. You have to change. You know, I mean, I love going out drinking every night. I don't. I, I go down out maybe 
once every two weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I'll hit happy hour and then I come home and eat, you know, and um, and that's it there, you know, because that's bad for your heart too. But I mean, it, it's like anything. You bad. didn't have to completely stop. You just had to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, regulate and. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't really go out as much anymore because now it's like, as I said, I used to go out a lot because you're bored. But now that she lives out here, you know, I, I enjoy watching TV and eating dinner. And I get up in the morning. Cause she gets up at like six in the morning to go to the freaking gym, and then I'm, and I'm 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 over fifty now, so yeah, you always wake up at like five in the morning to pee. Every night you pee, and you sit there and you go, oh my god, you know what is this? I'm peeing at five in the morning. I mean, it's hard to get back to sleep. You finally get back to sleep, and she goes to the gym. She's getting. And up I now. fall back asleep to like seven, and I gotta get up and pee again. <laughs> so now I just I get up and I, I'll go to the gym. And when I go to the gym, I only do the uh, treadmill. And uh, I just and I just walk and I do. I have a Fitbit and I tried like Tuesdays because I record the show. I couldn't have time to walk, but I try to do my walking and just healthy and you just feel better. You know, when you eat healthy, you feel better. And how's she do with the uh, the transition with the low sodium stuff? Well, she's fine because she's she's always eating really healthy. She hasn't had junk food in like ten years. Yeah. So she just knows that you know, I had I had to get salt. You know, but she, she doesn't add salt when she cooks. She adds salt after we cook. It's easy as that. Oh, and she she has the problem with it. And yeah, I mean, what's she gonna do? So if you don't like it, go back to New Jersey. Freeze your ass <laughs> off in the freaking snow. It's 85. We live in Burbank in a nice little townhouse. Well, okay? She's been out of what, a year? A year, year, year and a half. Year yeah. And, near, near two, yeah, about a year and a half. This was the worst winter back there. She's loving it, man. <laughs> she's, sitting there, she's sending pictures to her brother and her mom of her and her. But we have a patio in our apartment and uh, sending pictures and they're like, go to hell. You well, know? I'll do that too. Uh, most of my cousins and my aunt and uncle are in Connecticut. So I'll, I'll do my hashtag. You're from Waterbury. Yeah. Okay. There used to be a comedy club that I performed at in Waterbury called the Red Bull Inn. No kidding. And it was, this is probably in 1989 or a guy named Gary Grant booked it, who also booked the Callaloo Cafe and uh, some other uh, hit of three clubs. And I remember I got the feature there and it was like, it was a weird ass room. Yeah, and it was like on like the side thing. It was before anyone drank Red Bull. Which, sure, but it was there was no Red Bull. I remember playing there. I think it was no wait, Waterbury. Yeah, was it Waterbury or Danbury? No, Danbury had the Treehouse. I think it was Waterbury. I wow, the Red Bull Inn. Yeah, because now they just have the the club in uh, Hartford. Uh, the Treehouse. Um, no, well, there used to be. I used to play in Hartford mm-hmm. when it was the uh, the last laugh at the Brown Thompson, and then that became the. Brew, the Brew House comedy. I think it's a funny bone. There's, a, there's two in Hartford now. Yeah. But yeah, there used to be the, the tree houses where they had Mystic Seaport. They had, uh, there's a few clubs out there. Yeah. I used to play all different places. Well, I definitely, uh, hashtag, especially this year, hashtag SoCal Winter. Oh. Picture of the shorts. It's crazy. Sun behind me. They're knee deep in the snow. Ah, I love it. I mean, I'll, I'll deal with the crappy drivers. I love it. <laughs> especially I just, during that. Yeah. It's, He's it's, like, listen, what do you think the high taxes are for? I mean, come on. Exactly. 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 You know, it's, it's, you know, it's 85. Our luxury tax. I have all these winter hats I can't wear. They're cool <laughs> hats and sweaters I can't wear. And they're light sweaters. And I can't wear them. Your guys' taxes are low because you got this uh, long time of, this, of the year where you sit around and do nothing. You're not making any money. You're just costing money. So, you know, here, we got to stay busy 24-7. Exactly. So we have to pay more, more taxes. It's, it's crazy. obvious. Nice. Simple. Simple math. What do you got uh, past being an author or your podcast? What else you're looking down in the, in the future? Any, anything you want to do? Well, I, I'm signing with a new manager. Um, I have an agent. I'm this manager who handles um, some 80s bands mm-hmm. and some actors. Just because I have a lot of things going on, I think she's perfect for me. And we were just we're talking about. Um, I like to get on the possibly the corporate comedy. 
yeah. and speaking to her. Uh, and if I could speak about salt, stuff like that. You know, there was a comic named Lou DiMaggio who had a heart problem and he ended up getting nationals for a, a heart company and would do their corporate things. Nice. And um, yeah, and I, I, have, I have an agent for acting. I go out for commercial stuff. My, actually, this is no lie. My agent sent me out for a hand model audition because <laughs> they said you have nice hands. And uh, I have a voiceover. I need to make a real. I have a person who'll send me out for voiceovers too. But yeah. I'm just doing a bunch of stuff. I, you know, the radio is my main concern. I, actually, my, my Cooper Talk is a brand. Right. You know, it's like the cookbook and all that, but it all comes back to Cooper Talk as a brand and just the show is my, the show is what I love the most. Mm-hmm. The writing is fun and it helps. And as I said, the show becomes a national hit. I will go do comedy because if they're going to pay me two or 3,000 a show, I'm not going to say no. Exactly. You had, when you get the chance to make the money, you take it because that chance can disappear in a heartbeat. And, and it's a form of both things. You get your, right. little, your stand up, plus you get to talk yeah. about it. And then I can sell books after the show. Absolutely. That's the way to do it. I was, I was thinking about the one man show, but I was, eh, you know, I was thinking about Where all you, the hard things. You mentioned 80s bands, and Blaine mentioned 80s bands on his show this morning. Uh, Coop here went down and saw Van Halen last night. I saw Van Halen. Um, I'm going to tell you, David Lee Roth, and I'm not going to bash him because. He is David Lee Roth, and I love Van Halen. And he changes my my friend is a drummer, Troy. Uh, he drums for Gilby Clark, and he drums for White Line, and drums for some other bands. And he sent me a message. He goes, "How was it?" And I go, "I go, it was, it was, it was good." And he goes, "He goes, David changed all the melody lines, and he did, and he sort of talked more." We forget he's sixty, and you know, David Lee Roth wasn't known for being a great singer. Right. He was great. I mean, Running with a Devil isn't a, a lyrical <laughs> creation. He was David Lee Roth, the guy with the tight pants who was a rock star. And you know, and people were bashing it. But I'm going to tell you this, something. One Hollywood Boulevard, I was there for a while. You had to wait forever. But it's a beautiful night. Hollywood Boulevard is lit up. And you hear the opening of Panama. Yeah. And David Lee Roth comes on stage. You know, it doesn't get better than that. And then, of course, David Lee Roth sat there and did something with the mic, cut his nose open, so he had to go back off stage <laughs> and come back with a Band-Aid. Because they're taping it, they taped. He was. They're on Kimmel tonight and last night. They taped it all yesterday. Oh, gotcha. And it was. They were taking so long that the warm-up guys like, "Are you ready? We gotta do club." And everyone's yelling, "F you, f you!" And getting the people getting unruly because yeah. they were waiting forever. They were supposed to go on at like seven. It was like seven thirty. But they went home. They kicked ass. I mean, they played. You know, ain't talking about love. They. they I mean, it's they're Van Halen. You know, and the bottom line is, you know, they're older. That was. That's what happens. You know, you get old. I mean, and if singers, I mean. Paul McCartney doesn't sound that great right now, but no one's giving him <laughs> shit because he's a Beatle. And I love, I love Beatles. I love Paul McCartney. But you hear him. He can't hit the high notes. Yeah. It's because you get older. And the thing is, David Lee Roth just, you know, he hasn't. Yeah, but it was it was fun. And the 80s, I mean, that's more sad. I guess that is 80s. I mean, it's just the 80s. If you like 80s, you like 80s music? Absolutely. I had, and this was cool. You know Dramarama? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had John Easto coming to the studio. I just posted that song, too, a couple of days ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I sat there. And uh, he brought his guitar. No one ever brings a guitar. So I'm like, yeah, he's got his guitar. We're talking. I got do me a favor. Will you play anything, anything, anything? That's the one. He yeah. plays an acoustic version. It was awesome. Oh, so if nice. you if you Google Cooper Talk, uh, John Easdale, I think it's like 20 minutes in, but he plays a great version. And then I had uh, when when in Rome song uh, the promise. Wow. Yeah. I had yeah, Clive their, Clive that, Farrington came in. That was their one shutter. Yeah. Clive or, Farrington came in. And that was one great. hit wonders. Yeah. yeah. And I had Nick Richards, who was in um, was in uh, Boys Don't Cry, who did I Want to Be a Cowboy. Oh, that's damn, awesome! Dude. And he came in. And he was awesome. He's cool. He lives in Malibu. He had he I made all his money be a doing. Cowboy. Yeah, he did yeah, that, and he got he got the ESPN ad from that because he did the Cowboy spot. Nice, it's just cool. So yeah, it's, I love the '80s music. 
And the Cherry Nun, when she came in from Berlin, she still oh, looks great. Awesome. And Wendy Lehman got me here. And uh, she was just so you, – you, you couldn't meet someone so nice. And I'd, I'd seen her the, a week before at the 80s concert at Anaheim where it was uh, her. It was Psychedelic Furs, The Fix, Blondie, Adam Ant. Wow. And Rick Springfield, damn, and Rick Springfield destroyed. How that dude is sixty-two. Uh, he's in. He's in great shape. I, he just killed it. I saw him at the Palladium when uh, Dave Grohl did the Sound City. Okay, and he had the concert with everybody there, standing room only. I've never been so claustrophobic in my life, but it was awesome. Stevie Nicks, Rick Springfield, and he killed it. He just lit that room up. It was so good. Which here's a little inside fact about Steve Cooper. Hmm. First time I was ever on stage. First time, except for like musical things. I was in college, and there was a contest called Mr. Stockton. I went to Richard Stockton College, now University in New Jersey. And they had – it was like a beauty-type contest. You know, it was like dress, talent. Mm-hmm. And the seniors I was friends with, I hung up with the upper class when I was a freshman. They talked me into do it. Just do it as a joke. Do it as a joke. So my talent was a Rick Springfield air guitar. <laughs> and my buddy gave me his actual guitar, and we put Rick Springfield on, and I got – and I wrote Steve Cooper and I flicked him into the audience and I destroyed. I made the news and I was this freshman. I took second, but that was my first time ever. I did Jesse's Girl. Yep. So I used to always joke around with it. And that was my first time ever on stage. Nice. In, 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 the, in the point where I said, you know, not like being a kid in a play, but that's my first time on stage. And that's why I love the 80s. That's why I love Rick Springfield. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Cooper just shredding up there. That was great. I had to, He's doing the, the windmill. I had, no, I had the guitar and then there was like a, they had it for the camera, the local news, Atlantic City News. And I see the camera and I just go running across the stage and I leave and start playing into the camera. And that's on the news. I made the newspaper. I got a little plaque. I, uh, I didn't win because it was a fraternity and the fraternity brother said, uh, we fixed it. And so the next week, his girlfriend came up to me and said she liked the show, and I slept with her just to get even <laughs> than fixing it because I was like the star then. This is your – you, your boyfriend caused this. Yeah. <laughs> but I took second still, and everyone was like, great. And I was like, oh, and people still remember that Rick Springfield. I have friends who sit there and go, man, Springfield, and it's just this way to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. You bring it that one a-hole friend on Facebook that always reminds you. goes, hey, Springfield. <laughs> oh, no. I loved it, though. I just yeah. – Kavari just posted a – <laughs> what did he do? He posted the Mason Reese and Harry Chapman. Oh. That is so funny. Oh, he found it. Thank you, John. You're crazy. <laughs> Once you see Mason Reese, everyone will know who this oh, guy God. is. Oh God, young people don't know him, but you know, but other people do. It's which way it is. <laughs> John. John Kavari. <laughs> but yeah, tell them the cookbook uh, you posted. Thank you for posting for yes, Amazon. But you can also go to StopTheSalt.com because that way I make more money, people. I make more money because I'll 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 mail it to you myself, and you, both of you pay three ninety nine for shipping. But you know, but you get it. You know, if you don't, it's all right. I I didn't, I didn't buy a lot of them. Like I, I order them when I want. Amazon just sends them out. Sure. But yeah, it's something that you know, eat healthy because you know it, it's we're not getting any younger, and it's like and, and fast food. You know, you wake up and you feel like crap. That's like I mean, I think you still smoke, right? Yeah. Yeah. When I quit smoking, man, I'm gonna tell you, you don't wake up, your joints don't hurt. There's nothing like when you smoke like a, a pack and you go out drinking and the next day your your knees hurt. They feel like you have clouds in them. Yeah, and, you have those nights, yeah. Yeah, and so you sit there and it's just amazing. And, and when you don't smoke anymore, you notice how people really smell the smoke. And I can sort of go because it's really like no one really smokes anymore. Right. And when the people walk by, you go, oh, my God, I smell like that. And they go, yeah. I go, what's oh, wrong? Great. 
What did I do wrong? What, you didn't tell me. Oh, so, great. But now, yeah, do you, I bet, no, why you, do you hate me? You should. You know, it's not. You're getting older. You know, it's it's easy to quit. You start. You smoke. You smoke reds too, don't you? No, no. I'm well. Like, you used to like smoke reds. Yeah. Didn't you? Like there's a difference. I smoke lights. And there yeah. is. I used to smoke ultralights. Yeah. And I, oh, marble ultralights were okay, but that's like. And so, I'm just saying, you got to be. You know, I'm not telling you what to do. No, I, I'm, I'm yeah, listening yeah. though. No, no, please do tell him. He already guilted <laughs> me with the salt a little bit earlier. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I would have, I would have, if I, I would have eaten that. I because I didn't eat a lot of sodium today. That's the thing. I, I can do two thousand milligrams. Sometimes I'm a lot under. Sometimes, sometimes I go over. Mm-hmm. But today, I mean, I, I, I had it. I ate sardines, which are low in sodium, a sandwich with these vegetable chips, and I ate a banana for breakfast. So I didn't even eat dinner because I woke up and I, I took a nap after I recorded. And so I'm like, man, I can take a sodium hit. So I would have eaten one of those. Take a sodium hit. hit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, it's like it's like I'm like smacking them. Like, oh, I'm like a junkie. Like, yeah, man, give me salt, give me salt, give me, give me. But I don't miss it. And when I do eat something really salty, it's amazing how overpowering it is. Yeah, because you don't have it for a while. But that's just the way it is. Yeah, I do that. I go, I'll go through phases where I'll crave sweet or crave salt. When you crave crave that savory, man, it's like it's, it is a very it's a it's a powerful addiction. You have to kick it. Exactly. Yeah, it's very tough, man. But yeah, I, just, I kicked salt. Oof. Cigarettes and caffeine all at one time. Wow. I walked out because I wanted to live. Yeah. StopTheSalt.com. <laughs> <laughs> at Cooper Talk on Twitter. I tweet Shameless a lot. Shameless plug. I do. Hell yeah, man. Shit. I tweet all the time. Are you on Twitter? Yeah. Do you I'm tweet a lot? I used to tweet a lot, and I, I just haven't in a long time. I thought I wasn't witty enough. I tweeted a joke, and Julie Louise Dreyfus responded to me. Damn. How cool is that? That's I said, awesome. I said, if Julia Louise Dreyfus married Richard Dreyfus, which would be Julia Louise Dreyfus Dreyfus. I saw that one, yeah. And she went, yes. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> cool. And I've had some people respond. I had Neil Vardalos retweet me, but she follows me. And that's the thing for my show. People follow me. But that's what's cool. When you sit there and someone – I had uh, Lori Grenier because I love Shark Tank. She uh, favored one of my tweets. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. But that's Oh, it's a thrill when you get those likes. In oh, fact, yeah. today I posted up uh, – it was either I, – I posted up the show tonight and Rich – Scheidner liked it. That's all I needed. That's I just, for me. You know? Yeah. It's for you. <laughs> hey, the break, because I'm, I'm friends with Rich. I, no. I met him at the um, I Am Comic, the the premiere over at the um, Great guy. silent movie theater when it came out. And at the end was the, a talk round about it. It was, you know, I met Jordan, and he's a great friend. Me and him have chatted off and on. Um, and Rich, it was just. I met them great. both through the show. I sent, I met Jordan. I sent Jordan an email. He came on. We became friends. And then I hit Scheidner up. And then it turns out Shiner's from New Jersey, like me. He's a Phillies fan, an Eagles fan. Yeah. Shiner was at my Super Bowl party two years ago, and he's he'll be on my show next week. Um, just because he's, I, I work with him, I feature for him in Valencia, at JR's, and it's amazing. He does his bit. He does, and he's such an amazing comic. He'll do his bits, and then he'll break into his stories, and it's, but, and he still has the crowd. And they just sit there and they're in awe. I mean, his yeah. story—he's he's a master comic, and he's a master storyteller. Oh, just from reading those stories oh, he was posting up on Facebook. He, he needs to put a book out. He does yeah. a one-man show he's worked on, and we stood up—he stood at Bob's Espresso. It's closed now, though. Yeah. So that's right. He was popping out doing just that one-night-only yeah. kind of thing, and and be out for about an hour. But all the stories he was writing on Facebook just amazing. Great story. Insane. He knows so many people. It's just been a great business. Great stories. But yeah, Jordan will like something and it's, it's Kathy Ladman will like something. And I'm just, I just remember watching her when I was younger going, oh my God, it's, it's Kathy Ladman. You know who I love? You know who favorites me a lot on Twitter? Who? And likes me? Wendy Lehman. Yeah, Wendy's great. She always favorites and likes me, but she's, she met Joanne. She was, you know, she's, she's, Wendy's great and her husband's great. She's such a talent. I'm glad she's getting this comeback. So, yeah. <laughs> It's it's when someone no does radio, you know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look at the monitor. I don't have a producer. I look and I go, it's running down. I go, okay, okay, I gotta do my plugs. Blaine's yeah. laughing because we're like, think they're cue cards. Uh, two minutes, uh, phone call. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> You're not supposed to read them. It's not a them. teleprompter. 
yeah, I just, it's it, just a reminder. And, and all the all the people who I've admired over the years that I just re, uh, even though we just interact on social media, it's it's awesome. So it makes social media great, and yeah. when you don't abuse it, and that's what that's what that's what it's there for. I think know? Kathy Ladman uh, posted something about her father uh, a couple three weeks ago, and I just commented. I haven't got all minute, and that was her punchline for her dad's microwave joke from 25 years okay. ago. Okay, yeah, like she, she liked it. It's just yeah, like, people love that. It's, yeah. it's like anything. Here's my little nod to you. My little nod to you. Well, Steve, we're wrapping it up here, buddy. I appreciate you coming oh, in, man. Great. We've had a great, great time. Thanks for coming in again. Um, you can find him at CooperTalk.net on Twitter at CooperTalk and on Facebook CooperTalk iTunes, subscribe to his podcast, Cooper Talk. StopTheSalt.com. And StopTheSalt.com. Pick up that book, you guys. Um, I'm Jimmy. We missed Roy today. We'll have him next week. Uh, Blaine, thank you so much for sitting here. No problem. Anytime. Uh, I'm Jimmy Shaw. Thanks for tuning in to the Roy and Jimmy Show. We'll see you next Tuesday night.